This is Stone Cold E.T. And when you're listening to the Ohio Indy Report, what? I said the Ohio Indy Report, what? You gotta listen long and you gotta listen hard like the Texas rattlesnake. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. I know you think I don't belong here. I know I'm not in good enough shape. It's the only thing I'm good at. I'm okay with doing this on my own. I'm no cartoon character. I refuse to change who I am. I'm not made of plastic. I do this because I love it. Every scar has a story. I know I don't fit the mold. I don't need no contract. I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm proud to be independent. I'm not corporate. I'm proud to be independent. And I am proud to be a I W. Hey, Doug. I think it's about time we put off for the city, man. They're looking like we forgot or something. Never that. Man, I'm so clean, man. It's a goddamn shame. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pedro DeLuca, and now it is time for your main event of the evening. Introducing your host from Northeast Ohio. He is heavy set, and now here is the Ohio Indie Report. And welcome back to the Ohio Indie Report right here on the Trending Topics Network and the Ohio Wrestling Network, respectively. It has been months. It has been a very long time since I've been able to do an to do an episode, and uh, there's, there's a lot I need to catch you up on. First and foremost, my name is Heavy Set, and here on the Ohio Indie Report, we like to talk about, or I like to talk about, it's not just the, the Ohio wrestling scene, it's more or less just Cleveland, but maybe through time, that will expand here soon. This, we've, I've been around for, for a number of years, and I, I, ha- I had to take a small hiatus. Now, you can still follow me on Twitter, you can follow the show on Twitter, Ohio Report. And you can find us on Facebook at Ohio Indie Report. I think it's facebook.com slash Ohio Indie Report. If you actually go Ohio Report like the Twitter handle is, you wind up to this different type of site. <clears throat> and 
it's it, like I said, it's been a very long time since we did an episode. You can still find the tweets. You can still find all that. I was still doing that the best I could. But my life, my life in the past two years, if you've listened to this show, you know that there's there's always a lot from going on. And I'm uh, I'm a truck driver. That's my 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 job. I do all the my nine to five job. Well, I was over the road. I said was yes. Uh, I was over the road for the past two years, but recently I got a local job. I'm home every single day. I'm home right now. I'm not in a truck. I mean, granted, I got to get this done to get it posted so I can possibly be home at a good time tomorrow because I get more podcasts recorded because that's a little hobby of mine. But this is the the focus of the night, and I'm hoping in 2016 to be able to continue what what the momentum I used to have with this show. Every event. I want to be able to come to you with a preview episode for at least of AIW, and then I want to do some other episodes, and I'll get in more in them, like either as time goes on or whatnot. But AIW is the main focus of this show because that's one one company that I'm able to sink my teeth into on a, on a regular basis. Now, I've been trying to come up with episodes ever since Absolution. There's there's been numerous guests even before Absolution that I've been trying to get on, but it never seems to work out. And this is the one event, one of two events a year that I always have planned to have fans on. And I've been trying to get other fans on besides the two that you're going to hear in this episode, but it just never seems to work out for whatever particular reason. And trying to get up certain wrestlers on, some bigger names, it just problem after problem after problem. 2016, I'm vowing not to have that problem and to work with, with some of these guys and and all, and all that fun. But also planning on going to some more shows around the state of Ohio. I, I am called the Ohio Indie Report. I might be able to tweet from some of these locations or whatnot. We'll see. But I'm, I am I plan on getting out there a lot more. And not even just even Ohio. I plan on trying to get into other shows outside of this state and, and, and be able to join myself now that I have a normal job where I'm home every single day. Now, with that being said, it is time to talk about AIW and their end-of-the-year show, Keep the Change, You Filthy Animal. And on this show, you will hear a lot of, you'll hear predictions and talk about the year that was in the year to come for 2016, but it all centers around this Friday evening, December 18th, 7.30 bell time at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, 1355 West 70th Street, Cleveland, Ohio. Tickets are available at Shop. AIwrestling.com, www.aiwrestling.com as well to get another link to that shop. And this, you're going you're gonna to hear the match card throughout the show. And there's a particular match that has yet to be announced as of posting, as of recording, but will be announced later today. So if you listen to the show before then, you get a sneak peek on a particular match. But the, the big kicker for this show is the fact that Scott Hall, Razor Ramon of WWF and WCW fame, is going to be there. Whether he how he's going to be involved in the show is no idea, but he will be there live signing autographs and having fun. I personally can't wait. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, was one of my first favorites in watching wrestling when I when I first tuned in as a little kid with my dad every Sunday afternoon watching WWF All-American. I remember there, there were certain wrestlers I would see, and I, I kind of gravitated towards and one of them that I really remember was 
Razor Ramon, and he was he was actually a bad guy at the time. And then you know he had his Intercontinental title run, and the WrestleMania 10 match was phenomenal. Even though he lost, I I loved him at that time. And even when I went to the WrestleMania 10 Revenge Tour as a kid, I had a Razor Ramon necklace. And since he was the Intercontinental Champion, I got a the foam belt. I mean, I I loved Razor Ramon. I mean, I don't know how I'd rank him on my top list of all time, but he holds a special place in my heart for being pretty much my first favorite wrestler. So, without any further ado, this is a long episode. I've already recorded the conversation between me and my two guests, so sit back and enjoy the next, I believe it's two hours, I'm sorry. I am very sorry, but enjoy the next two hours as we have fun, and hopefully you have fun listening to it, and I'll catch you on the other side. What does AIW mean to me? What does AIW mean to me? Family. It means home. What does AIW mean to me? A way to feed my family, the way to make a living. It means the world. Actually showcase what I can really do. So, I mean, really, it's everything to me. They put me in the ring with some of the best wrestlers in the world. An opportunity like that, I'll never forget. AIW means everything to me. They gave me the opportunity to fail and rise above it to break through that glass ceiling. To me, AIW means opportunity. What does AIW mean to me? AIW means that once a month I get to live a dream. AIW means to me that I get once a month to step in there with guys that I've watched on television. AIW means to me that I get to do something that I've loved since I was four years old. AIW means everything to me. First place didn't try and fit me in a mold. It let Ethan Page be himself and succeed as himself. And to me, that means that AIW means everything. What does AIW mean to me? Simply put, without AIW, there would be no Alex Davis. What does AIW mean to me? Loyalty. I've been here since the beginning through the ups and downs, and I know there will always be a place for DJZ in AIW. So, AIW means everything to me. And we're back here on the Ohio Indie Report, and this is the meat and potatoes of the show, and I brought my same two guests back from last episode, because I haven't done anything since Absolution, which is my fault. But anyway, we have... A wonderful card to go down, and with me at the end of the year, like always, and Absolution, we have from Cleveland, Ohio, the man who knows how to rock a sweater vest almost as good as Chad Zumach, Dustin Alberti. Yeah, something like Chad Zumach, sure. Ugh. You don't like you don't like Chad Zumach? I don't dislike Chad Zumach. It's not the uh, it's not my favorite Clevelander. Well, Who would be your favorite Clevelander? All time favorite Clevelander? Um. Probably myself. Besides you. You can never pick yourself in those conversations. Adam Laporta? 
<laughs> okay, we will we'll accept Adam Laporta as a as an answer. One answer we will not accept though is this man from the Juicy Details, Juicy Pat Lucy. What's up, podcast people? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm on some people's list as favorite Clevelanders. Your mom so, doesn't count. I don't know. I represent Cleveland well. Sometimes. I, the saddest part is there are people out there who really believe that Juicy Fat Lucy is probably the best Clevelander, and it's a very sad world we live in. Those people haven't met cool Clevelanders outside, then. Outside of outside of AIW, Juicy Fat Lucy is quite the commodity. Yeah, no, 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 no joke. Even uh, the PBG fans, my nickname there is Cleveland. So PBG is, fans like me. I wouldn't say no joke. He he is a joke, but ah, <laughs> uh, hilarious. They call you Cleveland because you have no job. Or you didn't. Now you do. No, he does have a job. I, I said he didn't, but now he does. Oh, but, but, but when he got that name, he didn't. No, correct. All right. Let's get into this wonderful card that we have. And which which match should we start with, guys? Um. Uh. Are we Are we just going to go through all of them, or are we going to just talk about the four that we decided we're going to talk about? We, 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 the format, as always, is we talk about four, then we... Then we, we go we, over we, the others. We, we, yeah, we briefly go over the, all the others, picking winners, returning back to the four, and picking winners there, too. And somewhere we'll throw we'll throw in some uh, predictions for the year that I forgot to organize. And maybe let's, some, uh, and some, and some year awards for our thoughts. Yeah. Let's, let's go with my player. favorite Cleveland, Josh Prohibition versus Eddie Kingston, then. Let's, let's go with my third favorite Cleveland, Josh Prohibition. Josh, what? Pat? Uh, no, yeah, uh, three stages of hell uh, should be good. Should be good. Yeah, Josh Prohibition versus Eddie Kingston with the Duke. Three stages of hell. The first stage is, or the first fall is a regular match. Second fall, street fight, and third one is last man standing. If it gets to a third one. If. If it gets to a third one. Josh is going to take care of that pretty quick. So, yeah. so we already know who you're picking later. <laughs> I don't know anything. This is this has been a real interesting build over the past couple months. Yeah, it involved Terry Funk, so uh, I'm in. I'm all in because anything involving Terry Funk, uh, I'm I'm all in on. So if 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 anything can build off of a Terry Funk run in and a concession stand demolishing, I'm all in on a storyline. And I, I'm I think the biggest, the most interesting thing to me is we've seen Kingston lately get a little more street fighty, especially during the whole Ethan Page fiasco. But we know what Josh can do, especially if we go back a couple absolutions ago against Matt Cross. I think that it's going to get real wild, especially in that second fall. Well, you also have the wild card of the Duke in those ones, too. Pat, do you have anything smart to say at all? Yeah. <laughs> Waiting. Well, uh, I have a lot to say. Uh, smart thing to say? I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, no, well, try your best, try your best. I'll try my best. Well, I, I will say this about the feud. Uh, so, it was last month, so this is their fourth match now in the past, like, four months or so. I, I, I'm not going to lie, by the third match last month, I, I, I started having my doubts about it. Like, I thought, uh, like, like we've already seen this twice, you know, and, like, just, but, like, I, I thought maybe they should move on to different things, or I I didn't really see it being a long-term feud, but but then they had the the, the brawl at Hell on Earth, and it it made me remember, hey, Prohibition and Kingston are awesome at anything they do. So, uh, so 
So this match is going to be awesome. For anyone who knows Prohibition and his history in Cleveland and as a wrestler, they know he's as hardcore as anyone out there. Like, uh, this, he had an amazing match, amazing straight fight with uh, Greg Iron back at Absolution a couple years ago. So if we could see uh, any bit of that Prohibition uh, this coming weekend, I think Kingston is, uh, is, uh, is in trouble. But as for the Duke wildcard, I think... Since we know Terry Funk will unfortunately not be back this weekend, I think uh, for perhaps Prohibition is going to be bringing some backup with them, or at least that's what I think he should do. Bring a bring a wild card of his own to to combat Dude, the. Could you possibly be talking about the bad guy? Scarface. <laughs> hey yo, Scarface. Well, well, I mean, Scott Hall versus the Duke has been one of my dream matches for the past couple of years, so that would be pretty I nice will to say. see. Scott Hall versus Duke on paper it looks like money. It does. I want Scott Hall from a few years ago against Adam Laporta in a drinking contest. I uh, Adam Laporta can drink a lot, but he's not very good at drinking a lot. So he <laughs> I still remember, what was it, two years ago at the Colcabana Comedy thing? When you guys kept getting buckets of beers and Laporta was taking way more than his share. And you guys were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Didn't you have to like buy another one at, yeah, after so bought, many? You bought one, and, like, and then you but you bought like after so many. You bought one for you. And, yeah, you bought you for what's his name? Yeah, yeah. We I think we ended up buying like four buckets for three of us, so, like twenty beers for three of us. Not bad. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if anyone can. I don't think anyone can outdrink Scott Hall. Uh, I, I I don't I'm, see that happening. I'm under Same the man. impression that he's still sober. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm under the impression. That, that's why I said a couple years ago. <laughs> I'm hoping well, for a Scott Hall, I really am. No, uh, I'm not going to, well, uh, last year, when, uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember, he did the meet and greet at ARW on the, the baseball stadium show. Yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah. just like last year. Yeah, uh, he was hammered that, that night. He was drunk. Yeah. So, me, I'm not sure if he's uh, sober ten or who knows. I'm just trying to be, trying to be positive for the bad guy. Yeah. I mean, to me, as long as he shows up, that'll be nice. Yeah. He, uh, did you guys that see that matters. he actually, uh, I think he tweeted about it today? He tweeted yeah. about it yesterday. Or, or was it yesterday? Today too. Someone, showed yeah, me yeah. The, someone showed me the tweet and I thought it was today. Yeah, he's been tweeting about it. Well, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Just needs to, needs to, I would say, I wonder if he should bring Jake back, but I don't know if he's welcome in Cleveland since last time. Mm-hmm. I, heard, I, heard la- I heard last time he was a real dick. So, uh, Josh Prohibition and Eddie Kingston guys, right? <laughs> Speaking of Dick, Josh Prohibition and Eddie Kingston. Let's get back to that match. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Kingston, right? What a bad guy. What a heel. Or such a dick. I love Eddie Kingston. I do, too. I, uh, I, I, I think we all love him. I think yeah. Eddie, Eddie Kingston should be champion. Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston should be champion of pretty much any company he works for. I mean, I guess if, like, you had to start, like, a GoFundMe or something to become a champion, I guess you could do that, too, but, I don't know. Wait, who who did that? Well, don't worry about it. Do you know what I'm talking about, Juicy Pat Lucy? I... Eh. Well, well, Pat had his GoFundMe for uh, for WrestleMania. Yeah, Yeah. successful. Did people actually give you money for that? (laughs) Someone did. I, I don't think he got the joke. But I quickly refunded him the money. How much did he give you? No, he gave, he gave me the whole twenty. I would have just kept it. Yeah, yeah. I I I reached my goal in like ten minutes. All twenty bucks. All twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I would have started GoFundMe. <laughs> to get, do it. To get you a a laptop and headset, I might do that. I don't know. To give me something, I want to get something. 
Or either anyway. of you? Yeah, yeah. Let's get, let's get back to this this match. I don't know. I, I don't know what more to say about this. I mean, I'm really we'll looking. Take that. We'll take care of that in editing. What editing? I just take out all the silences uh, and throw it together. I don't unless we say so something really live. really bad that I have to go back and edit out. We'll do it live. Yeah, I was about to say I, I Bill O'Reilly this shit. Fuck it, we do it live. <laughs> do it live. Making America great again. <laughs> okay, Ronald Reagan. What match? Which match are we talking about next? Um, let me see. Uh, I think we go EC3 and Chuck Taylor. Oh. All right, that's gonna be fun. All right, I'm gonna let you pick, but if you want to do it, go ahead. All right. I mean. There's so much to say about this match, but at the same time, there's only a few words that need to be said about this match. Headlock. It's headlock. That's one of them. Fun. Um, match of the year. Uh, Those four. Awesome. Tremendous. Uh, to, uh, I mean, EC3, you know, former teammate champion, Chuck Taylor, the champion of Invisible Grenades. He's not an official champion, but... Oh, uh, former 24-7 champion. 24-7, yeah. He's held that title like a dozen times at least. Is, is I mean... That, is that thing still going? It is. Well, uh, last, his last update, update was maybe a month or two ago. Trent was just stripped of it, so the title is up for grabs. Maybe EC3 will try to go for it this weekend. Who knows? I like to get are behind. We, are we breaking that right now? Is that breaking <laughs> news that EC3 versus Chuck Taylor is for the 24/7 championship? Uh, it's news if we want to make it news. Yeah. Breaking news, guys. Yeah. EC3 versus Chuck Taylor is for the 24/7 championship. Card subject to change. Yeah. I, I think EC3 could surely bring that title home to TNA. I mean, TNA Good. needs all the titles okay. they need. They are they are going to be making their debut on the new Pop TV network. Yeah. Next year. EC, EC3 is going to win it and then he's going to forfeit the title and then he's going to be involved in a tournament that was taped a couple months ago to crown a new 24/7 hardcore champion. I'm not stealing like I'm not stealing anything from any other company or anything. No, that's a total totally original idea. It's gold, man. It's gold. That's what's going to so happen. Smarky, you guys. We're so smarky. <laughs> but uh, EC3, Chuck Taylor, it, these two have had, like, great matches. I mean, in outside of each other, but in AIW. I love Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor is in my, my comedy dream match, Fatal 4-Way. Chuck Taylor, Fontaine, uh, Cabana, and Smothers. <laughs> I think the universe would literally, and you mean literally, explode from that match. Yeah, and I'll just say this, if anybody's listening who has some sort of pull in AIW, no matter who you are, uh, if you do another comedy show next year, another um, what was No Sleep Till Brooklyn 2, just an old comedy show, I would I would gladly book it, as long as I can have that as the main event. It'd be very expensive. It'd be awesome. Quick thing, what I want to see happen in 2016 uh, at all the Sexes 3 is Tracy Smothers versus Thunder Kitty. I really want to see that match happen. <laughs> Not a bad match. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we are we putting that down as one of your predictions, or is that your hope, your wish list? Wish list. Okay. Yes. We let, let's let's kind of roll back a second. We went through two matches now. Let's let's talk about how much fun No Sleep to Brooklyn was. Oh my god. It was fun. I mean, I by the way, I mean, I know a lot of people are calling it a comedy show. I mean, I, I wouldn't call it strictly a comedy show. You also had a good match. I mean, yes, EC, I mean, Ethan Page against Candice LeRae, which, I mean, yeah. it was awesome, but I'm not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed in that match also. And here's why. I think 
I think that could have been, or maybe should have been, next year's Absolution main event. Because I think it would have been an awesome story to have Candace win the gauntlet and have her and Ethan feud for the next few months. Okay. And then imagine Candace winning the title at Absolution and how big of a moment that would have been. It could still happen. Well, let's get to that prediction later. Huh? I mean, it could. It could happen, but I, at the same time, I also feel that that should have been the first time ever matchup at Absolution. I mean... I think if you know anything, this could, if that were to happen, this would plant the seed for that to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? you're that, right. Yeah, good point. You give it that, but, like, he disrespected me, and he's beat me, and it doesn't sit well with me the way he beat me, and the way he treated me before he beat me and after he beat me. You got you got a lot to play with there. You got to let the slow yeah. burn happen, you, Pat Lucy. That's why you don't like good storylines. You don't let the slow burn happen. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I mean, still, good point. I mean, it, it's still a possibility of it happening, but again, just my opinion, I feel like the first time ever a counter an absolution would have been a bigger moment and meant more to it. But, you know, that's just me. But do, do you think Ethan Page is going to hold it until absolution? Uh, no, I'll, I'll save that prediction for later. Yeah, I'll, I'll, save, I'll save the prediction for later. But, uh, yeah, but uh, the Brooklyn show, you know, I, I, I wouldn't call it just a comedy show. I mean, you had Ethan Page and Candace. You had uh, M-Dog and Alex Daniels. Uh, a couple of the other student matches. And even the six-man scramble, they had comedy in it, yeah, but it was also a good match. Let's 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 stop two time out and get well, Alex Daniels. He's he's in a he's pretty rough right now. Yeah, that match took a lot out of him. I, I, he's on I, he's on the shelf for a couple months. I'd seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. I was talking to him after the show. He he uh he wasn't all there, but I don't know. Get well, get well soon, Alex. Get well soon. I mean, he is working well, mega. You know, is he? Yeah, is he? yeah. Uh, next weekend, yeah, I he's in the title he, match. Don't don't Kev don't Kev me, bro. Well, no, the, I've got a sworn. Didn't he say that he was out for the next few months, for the next couple months? I mean, I I, I saw the photo posted like a couple of days ago. Uh, Daniels, he's uh, facing Nate Masson for the mega title yeah. at uh yeah. But uh, unless this was uh, something he recently posted about. Oh well. Well, well, there is that match, but one of the last one of the last things on Facebook that he posted that he suffered oh. the he suffered the eye injury and he's unable yeah. to wrestle until it heals. So oh, it was an eye injury. Okay. Yeah, well, he had an eye injury, and I, I don't know if he had a concussion or not, but talking to him, he seemed a little rattled. I mean, I, I don't think he posted anything on Facebook, but... I don't want to speculate, but, you know, I I just hope he's doing well. Oh, for sure. But back to back to the Brooklyn show. I, I loved it. Yeah. It kind of just re-solidified my love for comedy wrestling. I think it's actually my favorite thing in wrestling. And going back to what you were saying, Pat, you're like, oh, the you said what the scramble match was good. Yeah. And it was, just because it was a comedy match doesn't mean it has to be a bad match. You're like, it was a comedy match and it was good. Well, no, so, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying comedy matches are just bad matches. I'm saying I, I, I wouldn't call it strictly a comedy match. You know, like it had like like Cabana and Kikajaro. You know, that could be okay. considered just strictly a comedy match. I mean, it's a maroon. Well, yeah, it's a maroon. <laughs> Uh, I really hope Kiki Charles comes back to AIW in 2016. Uh, And to end the conversation about No Sleep Till Brooklyn, let's get back on the show's thing. To end the conversation about No Sleep Till Brooklyn, the five-star classic main event needs mm -hmm. to be seen to be believed. Oh, my God. Easily one of the greatest 45-minute matches (laughs) I've ever seen in my entire life. I have never seen so many Memphis spots. He grabs the hair, he grabs the tights. Uh, 
<laughs> I want I want to watch the DVD because Cabana and Compton were on commentary. Yes, and from where I was sitting, you could hear some of the commentary. And let me tell you, when Tracy yeah. Smothers called the eight-year-old little girl a bitch, spoiler alert, <laughs> Cabana literally just stood up and walked away from the commentary booth, and I don't think he said the rest of the match. He did. I'm more intrigued to hear what they have to say when Smothers called the girl a, a rat. <laughs> a rat, yeah. No, no more spoilers. Back onto the... Back on to going to yeah. talk about the show. Back to talking about the matters at hand. But keep the yeah. fi- keep the change of filthy animal I, situation at hand. All I can, all uh, I'm gonna say is I can't wait to buy that No Sleep Till Brooklyn DVD. I'm way behind on. I used to I used to try to buy every event I went to, but I'm so far behind on it. But I'm making sure I'm buying No Sleep Till Brooklyn this Friday. Good Cause, choice because yeah. it it should be available. Maybe I I'm, I hope so. So, uh, what's the next match we're talking about? Or are we still talking about EC3 and uh, Chuck Taylor? It's a maroon. I love Chuck Taylor. Um, Ch- that's, that's all I can really add to this. I, I, I hope, absolutely adore Chuck Taylor. I hope he grabs my phone again while he's wrestling and takes a, a selfie. Oh, yeah, he did do that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Another reason why I just love Chuck Taylor, because he's so fucking hilarious. And if you go right. to, and if you go to AIW's YouTube page, you can see Marion Fontaine versus Chuck Taylor, one of my favorite matches ever, sponsored by this show. Because I said, hey, how much? That? that was a good plug for the YouTube. It was a good plug for you. Mm-hmm. It worked out well. Because I, I told and a, it's a good match. I told AIW it was one of my favorite matches ever, and I wanted to pay to get it put online so I can tell people, hey, I love this match. Go see it. There you go. Hey, if they book Smothers versus Thunder Kitty next year, I will sponsor the shit out of that match. Bank on it. You heard it here first. I <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure AIW just might book that just so you have to sponsor it. Yeah, just so you have yeah, to sponsor it. Would. You have about eight or nine months, depending, to get up the money. So uh, this would well, be this would be a perfect time to plug your thing. That you yeah, uh, the juicy details. Blink, uh, blink. Will sponsor Tracy Smollers versus Thunder Kitty if it happens in 2016 in AIW. No, I, I was talking about that that thing you're doing at the show that has to do with money. Oh yeah, oh yeah, money. Uh, I'm so trying to make money. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so you can make money to end up paying AIW later. Oh, good point. Uh, this month, this weekend, uh, I will be selling a lot of cool merchandise at my table that I used to call off cheap pop, but I don't really call it that now. I just it's just my gimmick table. Uh, I got DVDs for sale. Uh, a good deal I always have. Buy three DVDs, get one free. So that'd be like four. So you can get four DVDs for fifteen dollars, and they're a lot of what good kind DVDs. What DVDs do you have, Juicy Pat Lucy? Well, what was that? What kind of? What kind of- what kind of DVDs oh, yeah. do you have, Juicy Bat Lucy? Oh, man. Uh, Ring of Honor, PMUG, uh, Chikara, uh, your usual WWE TNA ones. They probably won't sell as well. A couple more indies. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to be selling some cool DVDs. Uh, I'll, pay you a, I'll pay you a dollar combined total for all your TNA DVDs. I'm pretty sure I'm, over, pro- I'm, pretty sure I'm overpaying on them, but I'll pay you a dollar. Yeah. Sold. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm also had some cool memorabilia, some Scott Hall merchandise. So keep your eye on that. Oh, it, you're trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to get in on that Scott Hall money. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what a smart businessman does. Jump in I'm on. Uh, Scott Hall's some, not gonna like that idea. Yeah, so Scott Hall's gonna be like, don't sell 
my action figures. That's my job. He's going to fuck a toothpick at you. Yeah, no, Buff Bagwell uh, liked it when I was selling one of his figures at Jaylet. He even played well, with it a little I, bit. I don't want to downplay how awesome Buff Bagwell is, but I feel like Buff Bagwell and Scott Hall are two completely different people. Did Did you just basically say that you liked it when Buff Bagwell was playing with himself? I didn't say I liked it, but it it did happen. So. No, normally you have to pay extra for that. Yeah, you know you can charge us by the hour. American males, Canadian males, Canadian males. Hey, sorry. All right. Um, let's talk about the. Let's guess what the five man teams are going to be for the ten man scramble. Yay! Thank you, Kermit, but yeah. I, was, I was actually going to make predictions for next year. Right now? Why not? Who do you guys think is going to win the gauntlet? Well, I said earlier that I, in my head, I would, would have on. liked it to be Candace. Hold on, I, I will. I'm going to pull up what I, we had last year. Okay. So, so we can we can we can review how well and how terrible some of them were. I pretty sure I got a hundred percent of them right. Pat said that Tyson Dukes will win an AIW championship in 2015. This well, it, it could happen. It could happen. Well, it, it did happen. He said Tyson Dukes will win an AIW championship in 2015. That was right. Tyson Dukes. He won a title. One. Oh no! Why do I think they were tag team champions? Okay, that can't happen. Because no. actually, it can happen. We'll, we'll we'll talk about this right now. You, right. He, you're going to okay. hear it here first, even though you'll probably hear about it in a couple hours, depending on when you listen to this, or it's already been announced, depending on when you're listening to this. The AIW Tag Team Championships will be on the line to Infinity and Beyond versus Hot Sauce Entertainment. So it could still happen. So yes, it, it, could. it could still happen. Ricky Shane Page, this is your another one, will get another AIW title run. This was correct. Yes. Well, he only had one title run. He didn't have another one before that. No, a, just an AIW title run. He didn't say absolute title. Uh, he was saying okay. AIW. Yeah. Title. All right. All yeah. right. Yeah. Pat predicted that Gauntlet for the Gold was going to be won by Ricky Shane Page. <laughs> and last but not least. Pretty sure I said the same, sure said the same thing. Uh. <laughs> Pat said that Jaylet was going to be won by Josh Alexander. He might have won, but he was already champion at that time. Yeah. And he didn't want a Michael Elgin it. Right. Let's go over the Dustin's picks. He said Gauntlet for the Gold was going to be won by an unannounced surprise or Ray Rowe. Yeah, Ricky Shepage is pretty unannounced. I would say I was correct there. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty unannounced. I'm pretty yeah. sure that nobody was expecting Ricky to be in the Gauntlet for the Gold, so that's, uh, I'll, I'll chalk that up as a win. I'm pretty sure. Didn't he have a promo for it? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Pretty sure it's just uh, he might sure have been unannounced. Sure. I want. Now, if you would have had Ray Rowe as your Jaylet, you would have been right, but you said it was going to be won by a female. A female? Oh, so I think female? I, what, what I meant to say was Ray Rowe. No, you like, actually... I, you you are confused. You must you must have, like, amnesia from the last show. No, because I... I'm pretty I, sure I got them all right. I actually... I re-listened nope, to the I re-listened right. to the show to watch the you you gave a name nope. you gave a name you said Alexia uh, Nicole and she was I, banned from the United States in that show. You, you heard Alexia Nicole. What I said was Raymond Rowe. I mean, they sound similar. I can see where you're getting this mixed up. Yeah, I, I said I I I basically was 100 percent correct. Uh, basically, meaning 
100% wrong, then yeah. I was 100% correct. Uh, just how it works. Yeah. A lot of math and science into my predictions, and that's why they're always so correct. Oh, sure. I believe it. Your prediction, your predictions so far have been that of the Cleveland Browns. They won. No, they're winners right now. Uh, they've found the quarterback of the future. Um, what were your predictions, Justin Summers? I said, I said that Gauntlet for the Gold was going to be won by Ricky Shane Page. Real, and, real and, <laughs> and Jaylet was going to be run by, won by Ray Rowe. No, I said, oh, no, I said, I said Davey Vega. Ah, oh, Davey Vega. Davey Vega basically won, so I mean, I guess you're not wrong. He, 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 he was. He was never, he was never uh, eliminated. Well, yeah. that's true. That's actual. That's true. The, the that's true Jaylet winner. So he's still technically in the J-List then. Yeah, he's still in J-List 2015. Wow. All right. So I guess AIW needs to book uh, Ray Rowe versus Davey Vega pretty soon. No. I would love to see that match first. Actually, the, the match I want to see is Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett just in a tag team match. Because yeah. th- th- they're still a team together. They just won the uh, the Metro Pro Tag Team Championships in Kansas City. I don't know if that's Missouri or Kansas. I mean, it's one big city, but I know it's in yeah. Kansas City. They won the Metro Pro Tag Team titles. Uh, their title there, their name, well, their name is not the Sexful Bombs. It's the Cobra Kai Dojo. <laughs> so congr- congratulations to them, but dude, ooh, where you at? Where's it? Yeah. yeah where's, where's the tag team? Maybe maybe that's what it should be. I mean, we, we, we were talking about the tag team title match before we started recording. And the one team that we would love to see get a tag team title match in AIW, it's it's pretty much unanimous, is the Jollyville Fuckets. But a, a very close second, at least in my heart, is the Sexful Bombs. Always. I, I, I'd definitely love to see them back. But to be fair, for Matt Fitchett, he's been injured like twice now in AIW and in Cleveland, so maybe he just doesn't, like, he, he has a fear of coming back and... Maybe, maybe he has hurt there. Maybe uh, maybe it was a Turner Hall curse. They're not Turner's Hall anymore. Good, good point. Aren't we closer to a hospital? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. The, I don't know the area well. I'd be sort of closer. Not a million times closer, but we're only like five minutes from Turner's Hall. Yeah. But are we are we five minutes closer? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're at we're at a church too. So hey, the Pope's yeah. there. Pope's gonna make sure no one gets injured. Oh yeah. Alex Daniels got injured when we weren't at Mount Carmel. Ooh. We're at another church. We were at a Lutheran church. Yeah, it was Protestant. That was the issue. Yep. Well, they did have they didn't have a pope or that equivalent like looking down on. Them. We got the pope watching us. Yeah, we had the pope there were those and the that were pictured outside. It could have been the problem that, that we had the, we had the devil at No Sleep Till Brooklyn too. So. Oh, the devil. <laughs> and we'll we'll get into that match because we'll save the uh, the the tag team match for last of our conversation. The absolute title match. All ego Ethan Page versus Tim fucking Donst. I thought we were doing predictions. Huh? What's going on? All right, let's talk about this match. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's just go to hell in a handbasket. Speaking of hell, Ethan Page is the devil now. Hail Satan. Am I right, everybody? <laughs> Dude, I love the hail Satan chants in a church. You're welcome. <laughs> hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Uh-huh. Speaking of which, uh, uh, Chris Satan. No? No one? He's no, the, the, no, no, yeah, but that, I say bring him back. I kind of miss him. All right, now I know this is an Ohio Indy, and it's the same night as AW, so it's kind of a, uh, what's it called, a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. But the match that Chris Saban's in for ROH that's 
Kingsman and uh, Bad Influence or uh, against uh, Seidel, ACH, and Alex Shelley. That's a sweet match. Now, yes. back to AIW. Mm-hmm. I think that Tim Dons is ready to walk through hellfire and brimstone and fight the devil and take the devil on head on. I think Tim Dons is ready to conquer the fire and rise above the flames and take back his rightful seat as the IW champion. But I've lost Ethan Page as the heels again. It's so nice. Wouldn't that make Dons the three-time champion? Three times. Is, now, that the, is, is, this, is that the most? Is this first, is this first no, time they ever meet? Right now is on his third. Is it third? This is Ethan Page's is, third title shot or title title run? No, is this the first singles encounter? I can't remember. I can't recall the time they've actually faced one on one. With these two? Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think so. Oh, I can't think of anything. No, uh, there's been some multi-man matches with them both. Yeah. Yeah, and this probably their first singles match that I can. Think I mean. Of. Uh, but it should be awesome. I mean, there's no doubt uh, Paige and Don, they're like the two MVPs of AIW. Uh, no no offense to any of the other AIW guys, but if you look at the past few years, you know, Don and Paige, this is where AIW is their home, you know. They, they, they work the best matches here, I think, you know. I mean, and this past year alone, I mean, Paige, you had a hell of a feud with uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, and uh, Don, you know, he had his battle with cancer, man. And, like, a lot of us thought we would never see Don back in the ring, period. But, but to his credit, Tim, is a, he's a hell of a fighter. And he, he fought the cancer. He beat it. He, he buried it. And then he came back better than ever. He beat Nick Gage. Uh, he, had, uh, he beat Hardcore Holly. Uh, uh, beat Lewis Linden in October. Uh, Don's is on a roll this year. Uh so I think Ethan Page, he, he may be the devil, but uh, even the devil is, he, the devil isn't unstoppable. And if anyone could stop the devil, I think he could be done. I heard how he stopped cancer was he, he put on a Cena shirt and then it, he kicked out it too. Ah, 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 ah. He rose above cancer. He did? He just rose that's, above that's, it. that's the Cena shirt he put on. Yeah. He just rose above cancer. Stupid fucking Susan G. Komen does nothing for cancer patients. Political. <laughs> If you want to talk about that on your podcast, I suggest you do so. But yeah. on mine, I'm going to suggest you do one thing and that shut the fuck up. Well, it's a whole other can of worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we we lay low on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but are we uh, are we going to make progressions on the Team Candice versus Team Johnny match? I'll, I'll do it. Okay, we'll do that. I was going to say we can go back to the predictions for the year, but since I fucked that up, but no, we can. Well, uh. I mean, I mean, it's obvious a lot of the studios you're going to get picked because, you know, Johnny and Candace, they are the head trainers. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure. But it's really a question of uh, who they're going to pick first. I mean, if Alex Daniels is able to compete, I'm sure he's probably the top choice for either of the two. Same with uh, him and Joshua Singh are, are probably the, the best students of the academy. I mean, not to discredit any of the other students. I, I think just for, I mean... I had my doubts about the AIW school when it first started because this is something they've been, they've been trying to start for like five years or so. Like literally when I first started with AIW, started watching them in like 2008, like they've been trying to open up the school. And and since they did, I mean, I mean, just anyone who's watched AIW this past year, you know, I mean, the students have been 
amazing. Like, and, and just think about you've only been training for a year, you know? Like, yeah, some schools like Chikara, where, like, they wait, they make their students wait, like, two, three years before they have their first live match, you know? And, and that's a smart thing to do, but... Uh, but and, and they just know they have confidence in these guys to go out there uh, in front of a live audience and put on a hell of a show, you know. And I, I think it really speaks to AIW and Johnny Gargano and Case Leary as head trainers just to see how great these students are. And I think down the line, uh, pretty soon, not, not too far in the future, I think some of these students are going to go on to do bigger and better things in professional wrestling. I was I was kind of like you of being skeptical when the the school first started. It was just I figured I've seen like some people come out of schools and they're in some of the other organizations around the area, and I just look at it like some of them just really don't have a lot of potential in the long scheme of yeah. things. But working with AIW, that it seems to help. I mean, because at first, like when we had a lot of these trainee matches, I was like, I really don't, I really don't care that much. I mean, I sit there, I'd watch, I'd let them tell me a story, I'd let them progress in front of me but like being invested i really wasn't that much but as of late there's ones that 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 kind of get it whether i i like them or not like frankie flynn's one of them which actually i knew frankie before he went to aiw school he uh we have uh friends in common and i met him through that like he has the word he has the word fantastic tattooed on his back he used to have a name wrestling related name that went around with that and every time i see him i tell him fantastic but he his, he he has a he does have a character that that stands out, and I know people who hate him because of it, and that's kind of good. You also have uh, you have Brian Carson, who I like how he kind of plays a heel, but I am critical of your favorite wrestler is Bret Hart, and you do the sharpshooter like The Rock. <laughs> that's really bad. I shouldn't even do it like The Rock, and I mean Brian's a nice dude. But that sharpshooter, you you gotta put it on. You just gotta cross the legs right. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah. Uh, it's it, and it's it's hard to do when you're in the middle of things and you're not. I don't know. And, and, it's, and like you said, it's your favorite wrestler. If you're gonna try to emulate him, especially something like that, you really have to really have to put in. You have to make sure that something like that doesn't mess up because yeah. it's glaringly noticed. Like if he wasn't in pink and black, and if he wasn't doing the elbow from the second rope and Is things it, like that, and if you, you wouldn't, let, you would just chalk it up to inexperience. But because you're using that, it's yeah. glaringly obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I, I think I mean he, he's so new. I mean. You gotta understand, he's only been yeah. wrestling for six months, and, 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 and okay. six months. Okay, he's only been wrestling for six months. Bret Hart has been his favorite wrestler. How many times do you think he's put the sharpshooter on somebody? No, I mean, no, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, mean, I, I think, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that inexperience isn't involved in it because that's kind of what I was saying. It's there is an experience there, but if you're gonna use all of these things to mess up, probably the most important thing that you should be doing is inexcusable regardless of inexperience. Because I, it's I, one of those things that if you're, if you, if you say, and especially if you're working with somebody and you say you can do something and it's something that's supposed to mean something in the match and you can't do it or you can't fulfill what you're supposed to do, it makes you look bad. And like I said, it's, it is partially inexperienced, but it's a very glaringly noticeable thing. To mess up a spot because of an experience to mess up a spot because of nerves, I understand that, and it's 
an extent on certain mm -hmm. shows is excusable, but when your entire gimmick relies so heavily on one singular person, and like I said, it's just so glaring, glaringly noticeable. I mean, and it's one thing if he were to drop the elbow from the second rope, like the elbow drop from the second rope like that, or the forearm drop, I guess the forearm drop. If you drop that and he messes that up or it looks wrong, okay, that's inexperienced. It's one of those things that's really good. It's really about timing and being snug with it and this and that. But something that's so iconic with what you're using it with mm -hmm. is the issue. And that's not to pick on Brian, because Brian's a great dude. He's a nice guy. He's had His matches haven't been bad. I've enjoyed them. <laughs> I still love every time he comes out. Take a look at Ed Bates, fan Ed Bates. Oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I've been by him every single time. He freaks the fuck out. I just left. <laughs> I feel bad. I don't know if Brian can hear him or not, but I feel bad. Yeah. I love it. He's like, if you thought he hated Donst, oh my god, he hates Brian Carson. Uh, oh, it's his beef with him, you know? Oh, he's... because he's not Bret Hart, and because his god's not real, both those things. Gotcha. <laughs> oh my god. But, uh, uh, Kaplan, uh, going back to other trainees, like, I, I like Kaplan because of it. He's a guy that doesn't need a character, and that's what yeah. I like about him. Uh, but going to the last uh, two sets that were on No Sleep Till Brooklyn, and I think they're two great examples of teams that maybe didn't have a lot of interest start off, but there's they've built on it. Real World being one of them, like, individually, these guys as wrestlers are horrible. Absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. but, you, but you hold on. You put them together. They are entertaining as fuck. And I want, yeah. and I do want to watch them because of it. They have, they have, they have personality that many people in AIW, whether they be veterans or not, wish they had or others of all the trainees i'll say these two top of the top of the list maybe not the top but top of the list i i i'll agree that they're entertaining as fuck i'm not necessarily gonna agree that they're not the greatest wrestlers we haven't really seen them wrestle necessarily um i remember the first time when weird body and when weird body had his debut match and he got like flung some way and he just took the nastiest looking bump and somebody's like, oh, my God, that looks so bad. And I know that's how he got the nickname Weird Body, because he's just he's got a weird body. He takes weird bumps. He can't. He doesn't fall on his back the way normal people fall on their back. Mm. Like, no matter no. how hard you try to force him to do it, he won't do it. But I, we haven't really seen him wrestle wrestle. All we've seen him do is his little stick spots and get beat up. And we haven't really seen Worldwide too much. Like, Worldwide has been there, and he's had a couple little rally moments, but then he has his spots with, with Weird Body, and that's kind of what they do. But we haven't really seen them have a match-match. So to say they can't wrestle is not necessarily something we can, we can say we know, because we haven't really seen them wrestle, if that I makes sense. I would figure they're they're both kind of uncoordinated. Oh, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think we could agree they're definitely uncoordinated. But I, I, I agree with you, Justin. I mean, we've there's only been we've seen them twice now. Uh, two matches in the IW, both tag matches. Uh, I also I also saw Word Body uh, in a singles match against Kaplan at Mega, and it was a short match, but uh, he uh, he did what he needed to do. He took his beating and. Uh, you no, know, he, he was entertaining as as fuck as Justin likes to put. Uh, are, are are they inexperienced? Yes, I, I don't I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, the question on if they can like actually wrestle or not, I mean, I I think if we ask that question again in a couple months, I think we would get different answers. 
because I, I, I think with more time, more experience, you know, they, they got the hack down. There's no question about that. But I, I think once they get their, you know, get their mojo together and, you know, get really get physically more talented, you know, once they have more experience in the ring, more training, I, I, I think they could become one of the most uh, one of the most popular and possibly one of the best tag teams we've seen in AIW. And moving on to the other team that I was going to talk about, Joshua Singh versus Dr. Daniel Rockingham. I, I feel like... like I love Rockingham. I I, I mean, uh, Singh, I mean, we, we've, we've seen him for the past year. He's great. I mean, when, when Rockingham first debuted at Fresh Mean, I thought, like, this is just an average guy. I don't think... Like, he just screams, like, if you look at him, he, he screams just average Joe, you know? And that could be a good or a bad thing, but when you, when you see someone like Rockingham, you don't think, oh, this guy's not going to bring a bust out any anything real good, you know? Uh, but ever since he's debuted for AIW, I just, I mean, he has an act down together. I mean, I just, I love to hate this asshole. You know, he's, when he gets on the mic, you know, he's... Uh, just he he oozes that asshole like charisma that you don't see too often do you, nowadays. Do you like oozing assholes? I do, I do. <laughs> but other than just being a uh, other than just being an asshole, he's actually pretty talented in the ring. I think he's he's definitely getting his stride together. I think you know, and we've only seen him in two matches. I I think he can do a lot of great things in AIW. I think the biggest issue is that they're. I think they're pushing him wrong. I mean, he won that scramble match, and I don't know about yeah. booking it that way. I, again, I'm not there, so I don't know. Um, and I just, I think that, I think that people are booing him for the wrong reasons. I think people are, they're not booing him because he's a heel. They're booing him because they don't necessarily want to see him. I uh, think it's more of the issue. So. That's how I kind of see it. And not only that, I think the issue, like the whole him and Josh, uh, dynamic only works if you know what Josh is capable of and we haven't seen Josh do anything crazy since we left Turner's and we've gotten a lot of new people in so I think a lot of people are lost on that whole what does why is he stopping this big guy from going up to the top rope what can this big guy do like most people don't know Josh can do a Phoenix Flash no people most people don't know Josh can do a 450 most people don't know Josh can do a shooting star press like people don't know those things so when he goes up there to do those moves and the doctor goes up there and goes, no, you don't have to do this for them. People are like, what does he not have to do for us? Because they just don't under, I, I feel like it's, it's lost on a lot of people. What the dynamic is. I figured you can still assume, even if you haven't seen him do those moves that it's, you don't have to risk your yeah. body by going to the top rope. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's one thing because you're used to seeing a guy, Josh's eyes go up there and, throw a clothesline from the top rope or do a splash from the top rope or do the fat guy senton from the top rope, something like that. But not many people are used to seeing a guy Josh's size again, and it's not a knock against Josh because he's fucking athletic as shit. It's, it's, it's much more intriguing if you were to tell Jeff Hardy not to go to the top rope than if you're going to tell Kane not to go to the top rope. You know what I mean? If, if we're using really large wrestlers' names, like not large like by size, but by name. Personally, I like the dynamic between the two. I've, I've, yeah, well, hold on. I, I think I, that if you know the history. I think over time, though, they're going to get closer and closer, and that's going to be mm -hmm. a big key. Josh didn't 
really have a character much coming in, but I see him developing one, and that's what I really like. In Rockingham, he had one. Yeah. And he, I believe he plays it really well. Not many people have that. They're just, I'm, I'm me. And sometimes it works, other times it don't. So the fact that he's coming in with this f- fantastic character, even though I, I do boo him too, even though he is a ginger and I probably should support the cause, but he's doing good at what he's doing. And I, I, I sense, at least from my point of view, that you're going to see them become a well-oiled tag team in months to come getting closer and closer and closer to the point of, because it seemed like when they, you put those two together, it, there was that resistance from Singh. But I'm seeing mm-hmm. more, getting them getting closer a little bit by little bit, and then eventually there's going to be a, a tipping point against somebody else, and you're going to see them to be what you consider maybe best friends or something, just to where you don't have that resistance between them. I like that. I see. I just, I just see future in that, and that's what that's what keeps me invested to see where we go. Do we go that route? Do we go a different route? Where are we going? I see that, especially with Josh coming out in a suit coat at no sleep. I, I definitely see that kind of being where it's headed. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that too. Josh is slowly uh, transforming into this different character that we haven't seen, and with Brownie Man by his side, I think it could be uh, nothing but a positive thing for Josh and his future in AIW. Now that we've broken down our opinions on some of the trainees, where do we think they're going to wind up? on Team Johnny versus Team Kansas. Now, this should be posted on Tuesday. If it's posted, yeah. it's posted later than that, it's my fault. I'll say that right now. But sure. on Wednesday, supposedly they're going to have the draft, and it's going to be posted online of who's going where. Where do we think everybody's going to fall? Well, I mean, assuming assuming they're, it's only, they're only going to choose the students. I mean, there's enough students, there's by my count, that they could pick, you know? I mean, sure, maybe uh, there's always a wild card, like maybe someone chooses Big Mo or a Space Monkey, which I would love. But uh, uh, assuming they choose the students, I would say, like I said, I think Alex Canals, he's the first draft pick. I think Johnny Rogano is going to pick him. You know, they teamed up before at at Absolution, the 10-man tag. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, let's see, I'm doing, uh, if I'm, I'm going to go Johnny's team first. So I, I'm imagining Alex Daniels, Brian Carson, Word Body, and uh, and Frankie Flynn. So by default, Candace would go with Kaplan uh, worldwide, Joshua Singh, and Rockingham. Hmm. I figured you would keep the two teams intact. So one. Well, you, you would figure that, but. I mean, who? I mean, who's to say? I mean, if this is that's if they're going like, so like crazy. yeah, yeah, like if they're doing a draft pick, like maybe that's what Johnny wants. Maybe he wants we're war together. But if Johnny chose war body first, then Candace could go. Hey, I want war, uh, the other guy. I want war star. So you it's know, like Raw drafting Bubba Ray and SmackDown drafting Devon. Yeah, but, and then reuniting them later on. Yeah, because because one one no they got I thought they got back together in WWE because one of them because Devon's single run was horrible much like in TNA uh-huh. brother and uh, I think supposedly Bubba pissed off Triple H in a match so <laughs> that probably didn't help his single run so so Justin your picks are keeping the teams together yeah I would figure I want to say Johnny would have uh, Real World Candice would have Sing and Rockingham, and then we'll go Kaplan, Johnny, and 
Flynn, Candace, for who am I missing? Big Mo will go. Oh. Because I think if if Alex Daniels can't show, I think Big Mo is going to be a replacement. Okay. And then I think that'll be Big Mo. Will be honestly Big Mo could be Johnny, and who would be the last one? Carson. Carson, right? Yeah, Carson, Candace. Interesting. Oh, and uh, maybe a special guest referee will be the N-word taker. I know he's not booked anymore for any dates, but I doubt it. Um, if we're hey, just we going with the trainees, which I thought it was going to be like Candace was going to pick the four horsemen and Johnny was going to pick like DX from the 2000s. So I thought it was going to be like Johnny and X-Pac and Billy Gunn and Road Dog and uh, Triple H versus Candace and Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and Tessa Blanchard, you know, just to mix things up a little bit. And then Charlotte was just going to come along. But I guess that's not going to happen because that's not how we're picking these. So if we're just going with the trainees, I am going to say Team Johnny is Kaplan, Carson, Rockingham, and Singh. Team Candace is Weird World, Frankie Flynn, and Alex Daniels. And like you said, if Alex Daniels can't show, I'm kind of leaning Big Mo. Or, or, or Space Monkey. Don't count out Space, Space Monkey. Never count yeah. out Space Monkey. Never. Oh, hell. <laughs> Imagine if one of them uh, picked Scott Hall. Imagine that being a lot of cards. Yeah. There's, 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 what if they pick Terry Funk? Who knows? Terry Funk might just show up. What if, always it, ready to rest. what if they pick Vader? Uh, Tracy Smothers. It'll be Tracy Smothers. Yeah. I, Garu, he's going to move to Ohio. Yeah. Or no, to America. Tra- same thing. But Tracy Smothers would be his own team. He, just, it, it would turn into a three-way. Tracy Smothers just by himself. Just He, he would kill them all. Everybody dies. What, Everybody dies. What about Scott Steiner? Yeah. Oh. Scott Steiner is on Team Johnny. I'm, I, oh. I'm, I'm, putting it out he- I'm putting it out here now. I have... Asked AIW this, so I never got an answer. I asked them on Twitter. What if the fans, what if we got together, we started a GoFundMe campaign to get AIW to book Scott Steiner? We'll pay his booking fees. Um, if we could raise the money, would they book him? I, 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 would, I, don't, I don't think we need, we need to raise the funds. I think, if, if they, I mean, just look at all the people they've booked this year. You no, know, Vader, Terry Funk, Scott Hall... I mean, if they can book those guys, I'm, I'm certain if they wanted to, if they really wanted to, they could book Scott Hall. I mean, Scott Steiner. Yeah. Now, Rick, now Rick Steiner, on the other hand, I would, I would set up, I would chip in for GoFundMe for Rick Steiner. You got to chip in for Scott. There, there's, there's so much greatness there with Scott. I'm not saying I wouldn't either, but if if I had to pick between the two, I don't know. I mean, the dog face gremlin, I mean. Uh, I just said that saw you, he'd call you a fatty. He'd be we, like, show up, fatty. <laughs> no, he would no, no, no. You thought you had no, a chance, we had a chance, but we can't run because you got some fat asses. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. God, Steiner doesn't give a fuck about me or you or Summers because we're fat. And then, then he's going to say, take your clothes off and get on that bench. Yeah. You, you want to work out yeah. with me? He's like, I would have been here earlier, but I was in the bathroom taking a dump. You're Scott Steiner for Jaylitz. And we yeah. could, and we could talk about we could talk about our AIW absolute champion from that suckhole country, Canada. I'm I'm just quoting Scott Steiner at this point, pretty much. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So there we have it. Those are the four matches that we decided we would talk about. Yep. Now, uh, 
Are we going to get into uh, 2016 predictions then? Or, yeah, let's or are we going to do the uh, rundown? Let's do the 2016 predictions! Yay! T- take Yay. two. <laughs> take two because I derailed that earlier. All right, let's All right. start. It's not like you host this show. I know. It's not like I host this show. The Gauntlet for the Gold, who do we think is going to win? I don't know. This is an easy one. It's an easy one, guys. It's going to be whoever draws. Number one through 30. One of those 30 men are going to win it. Who's going to win Gauntlet for the Cache? Write that down. The it won't be me. Pick one through 30. I still haven't played since I won. I refuse to. I never won shit. Never. I won a car. Yeah, you want a car, motherfucker. Or, or is that, was that your segue to talk about it? No, that, that never happened. That was just, that was just your imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like, like that classic reaction of, oh, I got the job? <laughs> uh, I like when Juicy so, laughs at your horrible joke, Summers, and goes, <laughs> <laughs> He gives you a yep. pity laugh. Like, even, even, even Juicy's, like, pity laugh. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, but he gives him, he gives himself the, those laughs. You realize he that, does right? His own pity laughs too. Yes, I I understand where you guys are coming from, and uh, you get some pity laughs too. Me? Yeah. I yeah. feel like I'm I'm, I'm on top of my game all day every day. I'm pretty funny. Uh, my, do, do you have people. Do you have a Triple H blow up doll that we don't know about? Triple H blow up doll? Yeah, because that, that'd be the the, the game, only game you're getting on top of. You get on top of your huh. your uh, what is it? You got an Xbox was, One or Another one of those great jokes, Summers. Good job. Mm-hmm. That was great as yours. All right, yep. All right Justin. Uh, come on. Uh, real pick. Uh, who's your pick for Gauntlet? Real pick for Gauntlet for the gold. I am going to say it's going to be... Sleazy Sparks. Gregory Fire. That's a bold choice. I try. He is the intense champion, and I feel like Greg Iron would be the greatest dual champion ever. So if he goes in absolution holding that other title and he I mean, can walk out with the dual championship, I would be in I I think that it would be possibly one of the best things the AW could do for themselves based solely on the pictures that he could then take with both titles. I mean I mean not not too late to go back. Are you sure you don't want to say Jerry? Um uh Jerry is gonna help Greg win because the Iron Curtain works as a team to help Greg, obviously. Do you do you want to say Virgil? Virgil's not in the Iron Curtain. No, but Virgil winning the gauntlet. Uh, is he paying to get into it? That's the only way I see him getting in the gauntlet. <laughs> He's got that fuck money. He does. I feel like it's not as easy to call compared to last year. No, not really. I don't want to see Donst win again. That's the only thing I was, I was going to say. I, I, I hope it's someone new. That, that's, that's all I hope for. I mean... Because if he wins, I'm just going to start singing, Tim fucking danced, Tim fucking danced, Tim fucking danced. You know what else you're really bad at, Summer, singing? I've never claimed to be a singer. Remember, remember I'm really re- re- old and I'm, in, the last, in the last episode? I'm really good at uh, hanging up on people, though. That's a good uh, talent to have. So you guys just All want right. to see somebody new? Is that is that your guys' choice, just somebody new? Well, you see, I would have picked Ethan Page if he hadn't already won the absolute title. I mean, we've seen Page almost win the gauntlet twice now. But uh, I would love, oh, I'd love to see Nick fucking Gage win. <laughs> All right, a, a lot can have a lot can happen between now and March. But then again, what yeah. he got, he got locked up back in August, 
I want to say? September. September. You, you figure there'd be some sort of ruling or anything by now, but supposedly they're still fighting oh, it. Right. No, so is that your official prediction, Nick Cage? Mm, I'm going to go on a limb, yeah. That's gonna, I don't think I'll be right, but I, I'm going to go Nick Cage. Because if you think about it, if Stance has the title at Absolution, Gage wins Gauntlet for the gold, that setup is perfect. I, I like that choice. But, Not as good as Gregory Iron, but I like that choice. That would be a great thing to for, to be a surprise entrant to. Number 30, all yeah. of a sudden, Metallica plays. <laughs> the roof will explode. So, okay. Juicy, who are you picking? Are you picking Candace? Because okay. you said it earlier. I I want to pick Candace, but I just I don't think they're gonna go with that now. As much as I would like them to go for it. Okay. Uh, I, I thought about this. Okay. If I had to pick fine, my prediction for Gauntlet winner in twenty sixteen and he's been on a roll in AIW for the past year and everyone has always, always likes to say he's underrated. Not Davy Vega underrated, but he's underrated. It's in, in professional wrestling nowadays. I'm going to go with Lewis Linden. Hmm. I, I, do, I do like that pick. He's, he's been on a roll lately. I mean, I could see Ethan Page holding the title to Absolution. And there is history between the two. And we, if Lewis Linden wins Gauntlet and Ethan Page is still the champion, we finally see Linden uh, become a full-on face, you know, because he does have the crowd behind his back. You know, I mean, he, even as a heel, you know, people like him. Uh, for, uh, for the record, I've been singing his theme since I showed up at AIW and singing Dangalang. That's that got started <laughs> by me and other people. There he oh, is it, singing again. We bet Lucy. All right, uh, Very little freak tonight, right here. So, Lewis <laughs> London, I think he's going to win the gauntlet. Yes. Good right. picks, guys. Not as good as Gregory Iron, but a good pick. Let's go with the Jaylet now. Mm. With no. Buddy announced for the Chaylet. We don't know who's going to participate, who's going to be booked somewhere else that day, because we know that's happened before. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with it. I already have my pick. Uh, um, sorry, Justin, I'm in a way stealing your pick from last year. I'm going to go with the woman, Candice Lorraine. Oh, you're stealing my thunder. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. I kind of steal people's ideas. I twerk it a little bit and claim it as my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, just the yeah. American we not like it's something we've seen at any other promotion right now. So yeah, Cancelor, I, I guess they're winning Jayla, and uh, then uh, later on this year, cashing it in, and but next year and winning the absolute title. Who do you have, Dustin? To win the Jayla this year, I'm gonna pick. Whew, the, see, the the problem with the Jayla is there's so many options and there's so many variables, especially when we don't know the lineup. The, I am going the, the, to. That's the point. It's a stab in the dark. I am going to say Tracy Smothers. <laughs> I want that to happen so bad now. <laughs> and what's funny is I can see that realistically happening. That's, that's not a joke. I, I can seriously I see that happening. Tracy Smothers is over, brother. Can can he cash in like in the greatest cash in ever with him? Wanting a, wanting a dance contest, wanting a song contest, whatever. Oh, my God, there's so much in there. Uh, if he won this title, he would hold it for a couple years at, at That's minimum. That's 2016 winner. That's your sleeper pick right there, Grace Smothers. Uh, okay, okay. Summers, uh, you're up. Let me see. For the Jaylet, 
I want to pick a name that's on the list just in spite, just just for the hell of it. Just throw out a name on the list because I know that they would never obviously make it to the show. But hmm, what if they? What if we had a student win? Yeah, yeah. That would be really ballsy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Daniels. Alex, I get Yeah, I want to say for the record too. I was gonna pick Candace LeRae, but Juicy Pat Lucy picked her, so that's why I picked Tracy. <laughs> well, if I hear one more Tracy Smothers, Tracy sucks. Chance everybody go and die. I almost wore a Tracy Smothers shirt to a country bar. Good. I should have, but I didn't know I was going there. It was more or less. It was some place I went after work, and I almost wore my Tracy Smothers shirt that day. And I was like, oh my god, I could have. Because I actually went with friends who wanted to go there. I was like, oh my god, I could have wore a Tracy Smothers shirt and I would look like I fit in. <laughs> ah, Tracy Smothers. So so now we do a bold prediction for next year, right? Yeah, like a bold prediction, yeah. Sure. A bold prediction. Bold predictions. Mm-hmm. My bold prediction, AIW run another three-day weekend. Oh, God. And they also run three, two or three weeks in a row. They run two or three weeks in a row. Like, they did, what, five shows in four weeks this or three shows in four weeks, five weeks? Yeah. Three shows in five weeks they're doing right now. I feel like they're mm-hmm. going to do either, like, three shows in four weeks or two shows in two. Like, they're going to literally just run, like, like a three-show in four week where they just do a back-to-back weekend and they'll do, like, a show, like, right after it. I feel like they're going to overextend themselves a couple times this year. And Thorne's going to have an aneurysm because of it. My prediction. What about you, Pat? Uh, well, are we allowed to have more than one bold prediction? Sure. Okay. For starters, sometime in 2016, AIW will return to Turner's Hall. Maybe not full-time. It could be a one-night thing. Who knows? But I think uh, at least at least for one once, we're going to see a Turner's Hall return. I mean, it, it, in my head, I, I would like them to still run at the church they're running at now because this is an awesome venue. I mean, they could always push back and forth, you know. It has, air, it has air conditioning and heating. It does. But, you know, Terrence Hall is still home to a lot of fans and the wrestlers, you know. So, I... Like, I liked the venue. It had a great feel, but I do feel like it was small. Very, yeah, very, very, very cramped. Yeah, but I think the cramped is kind of what gave it its feel. I think that's what... It's kind of... It gives you that vibe of, like, there's all these people... Such, if that's why I think, like, No Sleep was so good, because it was so, like, cramped, and there's so many people, and you were... Everybody was feeding off of each other, and it had a good, like, feel, whereas, like, now at Mount Carmel, yeah, it's a nice venue, and the lighting is good, and it has heating and cooling, it has bleacher seating so you can see from anywhere in the from the crowd, and, like, it has its positives, it definitely do you, does, but it, do we you, haven't had the same energy in that building that we've had in Turner's Hall, or even at the Luther, was it, Martin Luther Church in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the issue is the the crowd is so big and there's so many people who are not there to see the wrestling show that some people are there to see. I feel like it brings in a lot of families and it brings in a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily normally come to an AIW show because of where it's at. Mm-hmm. But and I feel like that kind of not that it kills the crowd, but I feel like it gives it gives the crowd dead spots. Whereas in a place like Turner's Hall, there weren't really necessarily dead spots and you could kind of feed off of each other. Yeah, definitely. Mm, I don't know, because I still think there were enough, there were about the same amount of kids that showed up prior. Yeah, but I, like I said, it's, it was the energy 
Ritchie, though, that Turner's Hall did. So, I mean, even though there were kids in Turner's Hall, yeah. But even then, some of those kids would really get into it. The kids don't really get into it at Mount Carmel like they do there because there's not... It's just so big, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. Whereas in a small area, there's focus on people. There's... I don't know. I get it. I just feel like there's... When you, when you have a smaller venue that can hold a decent amount of people like a Turner's Hall, like, you could fit... Maybe not the largest crowd they've had at Mount Carmel in Turner's Hall, but pretty close to it. And Turner's Hall had a lot less regulation as far as letting people in and how many people you could let in, how many people you could cram into that little area. I mean, you've got a lot of people in Turner's Hall. I mean, go back to the last absolution that happened, or out of the last absolute, what was it, absolution eight with Donston Hutter? And oh, I mean, dear. that whole show, the crowd is insane, not just during that match, because yes, during that match, it's insane, but the, the small crowd, like the, the compactness of it, makes people restless. It makes people want to talk more. It makes people want to get more into it to kind of keep, keep the energy going in. It's hard to lose the energy in such a small area. But to compare it to Absolution, I think it's an unfair advantage for Turner's Hall because let's compare that space to um, where it was this year. I forget what. Masonic Temple? Yeah, but there's a difference in the two things. There's a difference in those things, too. Yeah. Like, think we started off really, the crowd started off really hot at Absolution this year. Mm -hmm. Then it kind of tapered down, and I think it was partially because of the the difference in leveling of seats and things like that. I think that kind of, but then it started to pick up again, yeah. But I think it was was still crazy. Yeah, no, it was. I just think it didn't keep the constant energy that a place like Turner's did. Because, I mean, you can, I would say probably your best bets at looking at shows that have drawn, you look at Absolution this year, which drew a ton and it had a great crowd. You would look at that Absolution at Turner's Hall where there was barely room to sit or stand. They had that place packed. And then you would think, uh, make them say, uh, at our, that was probably the biggest show at Mount Carmel, I would say, to date. And Make Them Say All was a great show, but it didn't have the energy that the other two places had. And I think that's partially because it is so open. And I think maybe something, that too, that kind of changes the dynamic in a place like the Masonic Temple where they had Absolution. The ceilings are high, but there's people up there. Whereas when you're in the church, or when you're in the gymnasium at Mount Carmel, the ceilings are high, but there aren't necessarily people up there keeping the energy going up there. So it kind of gets lost. I think it, the room's so big that the energy kind of dissipates. I, I did hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pat, get your fucking TV. Or turn it down. Titties! Anyways, um... I mean, I, I, I've... To me, there hasn't been that much of a difference. Because I still felt there were t- times similar to at, at Turner's Hall. I think what could be is just we were we were a lot closer together, so it made it kind of feel better that and you weren't sitting all the way up in the bleachers instead of sitting in front row. Yeah, I mean that's part of it's that too. I've I think being up in the bleachers not necessarily that it's slowed us down as in me and Adam Laporta. I think it's more just uh, it's where we decided to sit now because it's easier to watch the show and it's comfortable and you kind of relax up there and you know. Are you ever going to come I, back? To the front row? Uh, we sat front row for Absolution. I think our, our plan was to just kind of get it for Absolution every year. Well, I mean, I mean, let me ask. Do you not come to the front row because of the prices or just because it's not Turner's Hall? Because uh, of the prices, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I know. I understand. I mean, 
Bitcoin know that it's it's not a it's not necessarily a secret that the prices are higher and we're not necessarily into paying that much money. I mean, we don't pay that much money for really anything. If you ask me or Laporta if we're going to pay money to go to a show, if we could pay 10 bucks to sit here or 10 bucks less to sit over here, we'll pick where it costs less money to sit. But to us, it's not so much where you sit, it's the amount of fun you're going to have, and we're just going to have fun no matter what. I agree. I've, I've been doing GA for the past, like, few months. Well, I, so I don't, I guess, second row, which isn't bad. I don't yeah. care. But, no, I, I mean... It's, yeah, I, I would like if it'd be nice if AIW like least for some shows maybe trim the prices down a tad. I mean, like like for free shows like Absolution and like uh, even like shows like the Rap Show in like, April, I could see those being thirty dollars for front row tickets. That's worth it. But you know, like uh, like like even the Brooklyn show, like No Sleep for Brooklyn. I feel like yeah, it was like you know, it was great seeing like. They brought her brunch out in a cabana and Grado, but was the show worth the thirty dollar front row seats? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it is thirty bucks front row, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're paying an extra so, ten dollars. I mean, and ten dollars doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're going to every show, that oh, ten dollars yeah. starts to add up quick. If they have, if they let's just say one show a month, which they run way more than that, that's an extra hundred twenty bucks a year. Now they run mm-hmm. about they run average about one show a month. Well, but I mean, you have to think about it as Jaylet. There's two nights. Yeah, that's well, that's true. <laughs> then again, they, they they do cut you kind of a deal for that. Yeah, they do kind of a deal, but yeah. and I or mean, even, even for like uh, like fresh meat, they were charging thirty dollars for front row if I'm right. I mean, that's yeah. an all student show. I mean, not to take anything away from the show's credibility. It ended up being one of my favorite shows of the year. No, no joke. I, I love that show. I don't. I don't mind paying $30 for front row for fresh meat, but I think that every family member of the wrestler, no matter where they sat, should have paid $30 too. I think that that's something that has to really be talked about. The people leaving without sticking out throughout the entire show, it's a little bit disrespectful. And I I mean, once you got their money, you got their money. So I guess it doesn't matter to an extent. It's 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 uh, always it's always very very noticeable. I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna use this analogy. I have a niece who's in dance. She has been in dance for years. I uh, let me see. I think this is going to be her twelfth year. Ever since her like third year, she has been a part of their their uh, end of the year, which is like end of the towards the end of the school year dance recital. She isn't in every number. If I like just left. Every time that she wasn't on, that would be very disrespectful. Even mm-hmm. if I think the show is boring, which has happened many times, even if the the venue that we're at is pretty much like Turner's Hall and it's humid as hell and there's no air conditioner on, I still sit through it. It is disrespectful for me to leave, like I said, when she's not – part of her number she always i know they're all part of like the last closing number but there's always been times where she hasn't been a part of it for for maybe most of the second half i don't leave i stay yeah and these parents and friends of these wrestlers should do the same thing they should but the fact is and i i've seen it way too many times to count even before this this students of aiw showed up i mean it's like you gotta figure like some of the friends, some of the family that's coming to the shows, they're not necessarily wrestling fans. I mean, 
they're literally just there to support, you know, who, who's ever on the show. And I mean, no, I, I'm not cutting them. I'm not cutting them by any means. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. He's definitely disrespectful, but at the same time, I don't think anything's going to change. I mean, Chandler and Thor and the people running IW, as long as they're getting their money, you know, they're not going to necessarily care if they leave early, even though it, it does kind of look bad when, like, uh, at, no, I had, like, fresh meat after the board body World War tag match. You know, yeah, like, almost half the audience, but at least what it felt like half the audience leave right before the main event. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, that's, and that's my problem. I know, it's a yeah, big problem, but I just don't see anything changing about that anytime soon. Unless, I mean, the, the only way things could change is if, uh, I mean... I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe if the students themselves, they went up to their family and friends, like, maybe, like, they promote the show more, or, like, just, like... Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's, that's what they have to um, do. They have to realize that it's their job to keep their family and friends there. Yeah, that, that's... Their family and friends are going to want to leave, because, trust me, the last thing I'd want to do, and in the Justin Summers case, in your example, it's perfect. If my little sister is in a dance recital, and I, I'm going to go to it, I'm not going to leave after my sister's done dancing. I'm going to stick around because everybody who's there has put in just as much work, sometimes even more work than my sister has. I mean, she's a, like, you're there to support yeah. them, but you're also there to support what they're doing, not just what they're specifically doing. Mm-hmm. You're not oh, just yeah. there to specifically support them as a wrestler. You're there to support the wrestlers, including mm-hmm. them, by coming to the show. You're not, like, even if it's not your thing, there's still an entertainment value to it if you could see the entertainment in it when your friends or family is doing it. I, I, I still say the worst case was uh, Tommy Mercer when he first started in AIW. <laughs> I mean, I, I know this was before your time, Summer. It's like, I'm not sure if you were there or not, Dustin, but if you... I wasn't there. Okay, well... Uh, Short story is he had Mercer, he was just starting on AIW, still living in Cleveland. He had his family and friends show up, like 10 or dozen of them each time. And when uh, whenever Mercer was on the show, whatever spot he was, you know, he got the pop from his family and friends. But then, then yeah, when uh, his match was over, they left or anything. But what's really funny is whenever, like, if he had, like, a big match situation, like, it was at Absolution, I remember, specifically, uh, in the four-way Absolute title match he was involved in. When he lost, uh, the his family, his friends, they just got, like, stupid pissed about it. Like, of course, like, half of them were, like, drunk or whatever, but, like, you know, like, you, you see them go up to, like, Chandler and be like, this show sucks, you know, or... I wasn't or that. You know, that was the Absolution just, with, it was him, Johnny, Shima... And yeah. oh, it was uh it was him, Johnny, Facade and S and S J K. Yeah. Oh I thought it was Shima and oh yeah, no. Was it? No, Shima no, was, it was in the intense title match. Yeah. She was the intense title. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah. I saw I saw that match. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh I mean that that's just that was just the case with Tony Nurse and his friend family friends. They showed up, uh, they get drunk and they only came from Mercer. They didn't care about the rest of the card or anyone else on it. And Tommy Mercer lost, they kind of threw a hissy fit. So, I mean, I, I will give kind of credit to the uh, family and friends of the AIW students. I don't see any of them getting upset if one of them loses or anything of that sort. Mm, Frankie Flynn's mom is... Really upset. 
Well, she gets upset, and, like, if you say something about her son, like, I think I tweeted something from my personal account while I was live-tweeting on the Ohio Report, because if I have, like, a personal thing I'm going to say, sometimes I, I just go to my personal account, and I think I, I, I had mentioned Glenn Moore from This Is Awesome Wrestling Show, because I know he hates him, and I forget what, oh, yeah. I, what, I, what I had said. Oh, I said that the Cliff was kicking his, his ass, and then, like, I think Glenn joked around, he's like, I think he said, I hope it kills him. And, like, his mom, like, end up, like, finding the tweet and was like, no, he, Frankie, Frankie, what? And I'm just like, dude, like, calm down. Like, <laughs> chill. Well, I mean, that, that is your son. I mean, I mean, it's, it's probably still real. Greatest. I mean, it's it's the greatest. Maybe, it's still, maybe it's still real to her, damn it. Maybe, maybe she thinks her son is this opera guy now, Frankie, even yeah. though it's. Is, I think it's real... Broadway. Broadway. Phantom of the Opera. He's, he's living the gimmick. Yeah. Living the gimmick. Justin Summers, you got any bold predictions? Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, I did have one more. Um, again, sorry, Dustin, kind of piggy, piggybacking off yours. I think in 2016, Tracy Smothers is going to win an AIW title. Not necessarily the absolute title, but imagine... <laughs> Imagine if Tracy Smothers ends up in a scramble for the intense title and wins it. I can see that. I can see him pulling that off. The FBI could win the tag title. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, hell yeah. I'd love to see that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, 2016, Tracy Smothers, he's going to be an AIW champion of some sort. In 2016, we will say goodbye to the King of Cleveland. That was going to... I thought about saying that, but, you I know, we've seen him... Yeah. We've seen him in NXT a lot. I think it's almost a question of I'm not if. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's a question of if. I think it's a question of when. When is NXT going to give him a contract? It's 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 an interesting time in wrestling because of some of the things we're seeing. But I do think there's interest, or maybe I, I hope there's interest, to actually bringing him on full-time under a contract and all that kind of stuff. That's why now, I, 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 that has to be one of my, one of my predictions. Now, if Johnny gets signed, do you think Candice is going to go with him? Yeah, they've already said they were going to go together. Not that she's necessarily going to get signed, too, but if one of them goes to Florida, the other one's going. Yeah, yeah. which I'd feel bad for Candice only because she came from what, California to Ohio for Johnny, yeah. and then if he goes, if he gets signed and has to move to Florida, then... Like she goes with, her. not like like I'm like oh you know that really sucks for you, but like probably that one of those things where you just like, man I gotta move again, damn it. Well, she's moving closer to Disney World, so I don't think she's upset. Yeah, I think they're both would be really extremely happy about that. Too bad uh, they, they too bad they still don't have the Nickelodeon Studios there. Oh, I mean technically no, the, technically the buildings there, and I think I've I've actually got interested this on YouTube. Like, there was a guy who, like, snuck into, like, one of those buildings, and, like, there's still, like, stuff up from Nickelodeon yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It's it's crazy stuff. I've seen the video. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah, no, I was at Universal uh, this past May. I, I passed by it. You, you still see some of that stuff from the outside. Well, no, like, the guy, like, snuck in on the inside, and there's, like, aspect, yeah. there's like parts, parts of some yeah. of their stu- studios that still have, like, Nickelodeon stuff in it, and that's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, to me, that just feel really eerie. Yeah, I went there when it was open. It was awesome. Oh, I wish I could have gone. We still have to wait like it. another like twenty years before they open up the Time Castle, which is gonna look so horrible. But that we're going off topic. Uh, another bold prediction: um, Pedro DeLuca will ring announce another show in AIW. Yeah, 
God, I hope so. I mean, I mean, he said it himself. Uh, if as long as they run like a Saturday show or something, then he would come back. So I don't know. Maybe do like a night too. Yeah, or or my suggestion was, you know, like maybe he's come back for Absolution once a year. You know. Yeah. All depends on when that falls. I mean, this was the first year they had it on on a Friday, right? On a Friday in a while, yeah. Every other yeah. year it's been yeah. Sunday, which which I was kind of happy about because I remember when I went to the first Absolution that I went to, like having to, like, I remember was it the second one? Might have been the first one. But having to, like, wake up for work the next day was just, like, killing me. Like, I think I only got, like, a couple hours of sleep, but I remember going into work just dead tired. It's worth it, though. It's worth it. I don't know if I'd say worth it. I just remember, oh, I, hate, I hate going through days like that where I'm just, like, dead-ass tired. Um, let me see. Let me pick one more bold prediction. I kind of want to go with a debut or or maybe a special guest. Are you going to go with Scott Steiner? Yeah, Scott <laughs> Steiner will be in AIW. Bold prediction. Uh, no. No, no, uh, here's what I'm going to go with. Veda Scott will regain the AIW Absolute Women's Championship. Ooh, okay. The rightful champion will earn back her crown. All hail Veda. Anyway, uh, let's okay, keep... lightning. What, what were you going to get into? Lightning picks. Oh, lightning picks. Yeah. Uh, who's going to win what matches this week? Right. I was actually going to throw out some questions for the year since we don't have enough time to do. We don't have enough time to really do, like get into like certain awards, but we'll yeah. see if we, unless we can get through some of them really quick. The event of the year for 2015. Absolution hands down. Top to bottom, probably best card on indie wrestling this year. Let's take out Absolution. <laughs> no sleep, just, most just, fun show ever. Because I, I would say I would you would say everybody would say Absolution hands down because almost every year it's one of the best shows, if not the best show that AIW puts on. So we, we you take out that you're going no sleep. I'm going no sleep. I I almost I I'm gonna go with fresh meat. And why? Because I had very low expectations going into it. But and as we talked about earlier, the IW students they killed it. I, I thought it was top to bottom, uh, pretty pretty solid card. Who was the special guest of 2015? Terry Funk. Terry Funk, because true. Yeah, that's that's not even debate yeah, about that. Words there, juicy Pat Lucy. Terry Funk has <laughs> that drawing power. <sighs> Um, but come on, you can really blame me for that one. Yes, I'm no, there's no. Come on, I mean, I, I know Terry Funk's one of your favorites, but draw. Because I mean, they only announced him like within two weeks' notice. Did you, you know, know that Jump what? Did you know this? That Juicy Pat Lucy told Thorne and Biggins that booking Terry Funk's a mistake and he's not going to draw. Okay, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I heard that. You're, you're paraphrasing me. I said, I said he may not draw because may it also had a. I said it. He's one of the greatest I, I, NWA champions of all time. I think he's going to draw. It's, I, I don't know. It, it still felt like it was kind of a, a scare booking. I mean, not as obscure as, uh, 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 you know, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Dennis Stamp, but... That's so good, though. Uh, I, I, yeah, he, I could take or leave him, Dennis Stamp. So, so who, who was your guest of the year? Did you say Terry Funk? No, no, I said Terry yeah. Funk. I mean, he's, he's, he, okay. he knocked it out of the park. And Dustin, you're going Terry Funk. Always. I'm going Scott Hall. Because I didn't get to meet Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. You're missing out. Nice I guy. Sh- I, oh, th- thank you, Dennis. Or 
Dennis, Dustin. I, I know these things, but I was late to that show and I tried to hang out afterwards, but he didn't like come back out. He ended up like going to the bar way too soon. Like I, he popped out really quick and he literally asked me in the portal where the, where the bathroom was and the portal pointed him in the right direction. And that's the last I seen of him. I wanted to buy, I wanted to buy a shirt, get an autograph and get a picture. Didn't get any of it. So I'm going to go home. Thank well, you, Captain. You meet him. Thank you, Captain I mean, Obvious. What was your first clue? I mean, that's a good story to tell. Hey, I pointed Terry Funk to the bathroom. You tell that story for years. But I won't. I wanted to get a picture. Definitely get the shirt. I've always wanted a Funk U shirt. I own 150 wrestling shirts. I don't own a Funk U shirt. You can I buy it on ProWrestlingTees.com. Dude, if I made an order of Pro Wrestling Tees, it would be a couple hundred dollars. And that's why I haven't done it. Because I know I wouldn't want way too much. And I got I got to wait for a good sale. But, so, what's uh, the next question? Where are we going here? Match of the year. Match of the year. What, what, what sucks, because we you have to take out everything on this coming show, because it hasn't happened yet. But I think the Absolution main event is match of the year. It's, it was the... If, if any company could put on a match like that, the way they did... I, not even so much that it was one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen, but just because of the sheer talent that was in it, easily match of the year in AIW. Well, that was... Uh, uh, yeah, what are you saying, Summers? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Tracy Smothers and Grado. That was going to be my pick, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a close second. I mean, 45 minute classic, man. There's, there's, there's I, I don't five see star anything. Class. Five stars, yes. Five star, 45 minutes. Should have given them another 45 minutes. I don't care. They can go all week. I'll, I'll even say Kikutaru versus Cole Cabana. <laughs> that might be one of the best matches I've ever seen, too. That was. I well, love. Well, I've ever laughed so hard in a comedy match. Well, which one? Because there was there were two matches. There were two. There were two matches. <laughs> the entire oh thing just. Oh no my spoilers, God. guys. No spoilers. All right. So. <laughs> I loved just how they they incorporated the balloon because I I noticed the balloon earlier in the night. So the thing was the balloon was already up there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I noticed it. So yeah. When when he did the when he did the hey look up and then he just goes it's a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and like. I asked Thorne if they planted that there. That balloon was there when they got in the building. Like, it was, they set up the ring and the balloon was already there. Oh, I, had a, I had a feeling it was. But it was making awesome. light of a great situation. That was on-the-spot on comedy right there. What was the farewell of the year? Somebody who we know left AIW for one oh. reason or another. Which oh, one was? Which one was the um, best? I'm going to go with Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, tough to see him go. I mean, that was the last time him BJ Whitmer teamed up, and he, he wasn't just saying goodbye to AIW. He was basically saying goodbye to independent wrestling at that point. So, yeah, Jimmy Jacobs, man. Definitely miss him. I, Dustin? I, I would go Jimmy Jacobs, too, unless we can count Steen. I feel like Steen was gone way, but he was gone before this year, but... Yeah, he was... <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he debuted last December in... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's been about a year. I would go too. Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs is one of the best independent wrestlers ever, and for somebody like him to leave the scene is a huge deal. And the fact that one of the last places he wrestled was AIW says a lot about AIW and where he holds them in esteem to other companies. Mm -hmm. To be different, because of great I do, he's high on my list. 
I'm going to go with Athena. Oh. Because I, I liked how that was done. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like when, when you know somebody is going to be gone, somebody's leaving, and they lose the match that you think they're going to lose, kind of like how the Fallen did that match. It makes me go like, I mean, granted, it's like, okay, you know, it happened for this reason, but it'd be kind of cool if there's some sort of weird uh, swerve. And that's what they did with Athena, which I really, really liked, because I was like, all right, yeah. oh, look at this. Athena's going up against Candice. Candice lives in Cleveland now. And Athena's going to WWE and NXT. Okay, I wonder what's going to happen. And then Athena won. It's like, oh, shit. And I had, uh, I can't remember if I had heard Heidi was there or something. I can't remember. Or if I seen her there. But, like, when she came on, I went, okay. Granted, I know Heidi's going to win now. But still, I didn't expect that with the match that was announced. I like it. And yeah. I liked, I liked, I liked uh, her, uh, Athena's little speech. And I think she's going to be very well missed. In a bold prediction, I, for, in a bold prediction that I'm having for WWE is Athena will debut on NXT roster this year. Yeah. I, I almost, I almost kind of went with Pedro DeLuca, but I mean, while that was a, that was, that was, that was a, I mean, Hang on, that was a farewell source, you know. But on the other hand, and I'm not just counting no sleep for Brooklyn neither, but I don't think that's the last time we'll see Pedro in an AIW ring. He'll be back soon. It's very rare when you find a ring announcer who has the the kind of fans that he does. People, the fans that care about him. I think there's yeah. there's other ring announcers out there where it's just like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm not bashing the new dude. He's not bad. But I don't know. We had Pedro forever, and it wasn't just AIW. Like, I used yeah. to go to I used to go to Prime, and he was the ring announcer there, too. Yeah, Pedro did my wedding. Did he? Yeah. I wasn't invited, so I wouldn't know. Pedro was my, Pedro was my, uh, my wedding officiant. Awesome. I, Great man. Great man. I would, I would probably pay him... Just because it would be cheaper than the the real thing to have, have him introduce me and my future bride, whoever the hell that is, would be, at our reception. Yeah. Because I but, know you, I know you can get Howard Finkel to do it, but I imagine the price difference between them is crazy. Much, much, yeah, much different. So I, I'd gladly pay Pedro, and he might even do it better. I I didn't do this too. What I, what I forgot to do it at Absolution, so I wanted him to do it at. No sleep, and Pat was there when I did it. There was one name that I love it when Pedro says because, it, like every announcer, you have like a way you'll say almost every name, and there'll be certain ways that you'll you'll say the say it forever. And you know, I mean, he had that with like with Johnny and uh, Gregory Iron, for example. But my favorite was Jason Bain. Oh yeah, because it was Jason Bain. <laughs> I fucking love it. Pedro. I might have to change my answer, but Pedro is. Pedro's another great one. Granted, he has come back, but his, his speech was awesome. And uh, I think we'll go with we'll go MVP. Yeah, I was going to go with who who we thought the best wrestler of the year was, but okay, MVP is number one in our book of the year. Who had the best 2015? Gregory Irons. I'm jumping in there and saying Gregory Irons by far. Once he's done. With something so small and ran with it has been so good. The things that he's able to do and the things that he has that go viral and the way he's been able to stay so relevant lately is by far the best. He is the best independent wrestler on social media and everything that he may lack due to his disability, he makes up with where other wrestlers don't even try to make up with it. He, he, 
promotes his own stuff. He he's just he doesn't settle for things like other people do. And when he gets an opportunity to do something, he takes an opportunity and he knocks it out of the park every time. No matter what he's worked on in the past years, he has knocked every single thing out of the park with everything working against him. I agree to an extent, but then again, I say Greg's been doing that for... Yeah, couple, I feel like a couple of years now. I I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. For the past few years, he's been doing it. But I mean, I think this year, winning and that title. I was gonna just throw really, throw in there real quick. I really miss the four count. Yeah. Hashtag bring back that's, the four count. I thought it'd be a great idea if I were fantasy booking it, since Beta doesn't have anybody anymore because she lost Josh Alexander, to have her kind of crawl back to Greg and kind of add her to the curtain. It's kind of like a, a, another like legal legal advisor again, but that's that's just in my mind booking that I know is not going to happen. She she still has me. Does that not that count? In your mind and not going to happen, just like my booking. Mm. Pat, who's your best of 2015? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ricky Ricky Shane Page. I think he's been. I thought uh, he had a, a great run as absolute champion, even though. I mean, one of my little gripes of what the IW this this past year was, I feel like they kind of, I feel like they haven't given the absolute title as, as a whole the utmost importance and respect that it deserves. What like, do you mean by that? Okay, well, I get what you're saying. I mean, it, okay, I mean, it, uh, I guess it started, uh, Back at uh, let me think. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it's a little great. I mean, but like an absolution, you know, you had uh, the title of not being the main event. I mean, one, one, I can see the argument. The ten man tag, it, it definitely has a much bigger match appeal to it. I mean, it had the big stars and these big names. It was an awesome match, and there's no doubting that it does. Uh, it also deserved the main event spot. But on the other hand, what you're taught when you begin as a wrestling fan is the heavyweight title should be the most important title, should be the most important aspect in any promotion. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that title match, it, it was awesome. Page and Alexander, I mean, Ricky Shane Page, he finally wins the absolute title after all these, all this time in AIW. I mean, and he's on a kind of like a losing streak going into the match, you know, so he, he got redemption in that. Al, Alex, I mean, uh, Alexander gained uh Josh Alexander, that was his last match in the IW, and one of his last matches, period, as far as we know. I, I feel like that match should have got more recognition, and I feel like, in hindsight, maybe it should have been the main event of Absolution. But, so but not only that... You're I mean, doing, you're doing the, the typical thing that wrestling fans do when the world title is not put as the main event of the show. No, no, he, I agree with him, actually, honestly. Well, and not just and, that, I think even then, and it wasn't AIW's fault that the title didn't get its recognition. Josh won the title, they were going to run with Josh, then he got hurt and they had to drop it, so it kind of took away from Ricky winning it because, yeah, they did the whole swerve thing, but it kind of mm-hmm. took away from Ricky winning it because you figured now he has to win it because Josh is gone, and then Ricky wins it, and without really any storyline, he defends it against Ray Rowe. Ray Rowe has it, his title shot from the J-Lit. from the thing, just yeah, from the J-Lit, and it just kind of kind of happened, and then next yeah. thing you know, Ricky loses it, 
And it's not so much AEW's fault. It kind of was just the way the booking played out. It kind of killed the momentum they were trying to carry into Absolution. But here's the thing. I think AEW could have done more to to make it seem to give the absolute title more recognition, more importance. I mean, it's, it's so so that was going to be one of my next points. So you have this title match between Ricky Shane Page and Ray Rowe. Ray Rowe, he, he wins J-Lit. I mean, ever since he's come back to AIW, he's been a beast. You know, he's been, he's been one of the best on the roster. But uh, then he, then they just announced this mat title match, like, out of the blue, with no, not much build to it. And it's sure it's partially because Ray Rowe's been busy with Ring of Honor bookings and, and all that. But still, I, I, I feel like they could have done more to build up the match a little bit, you know? And well, also, not only that, I mean, not only that, you have the show is built around Terry Funk. And Dustin, I know you love Terry Funk, and, and after that weekend, after that, I, I mean, I, I, I love Terry Funk too. But on the other hand, like after the, even after the show's over, you know, like, you don't have AIW talking about, hey, this was a great match between Ray Rowe and Ricky Shane Page, or they don't discuss, yeah. they don't bring up the point of Ethan Page turning into the devil and, and into that match. All they do is talk about Terry Funk. And it's just like, you know, it feels like AIW sometimes doesn't care enough about the absolute title. And well, it, it, it kind of felt like, too, yeah. There was also on. the match at Fresh Meat. He defended it against Alex Daniels. And that was partially killed because, like we were talking about earlier with the trainees, all of their people had left, and there was, like, nobody there to watch the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to also talk about the whole killing of every time it started to kind of get on a roll, the momentum got killed. Donst had the title, and that was the whole... The the idea was to have Donst carry that title in uh, Absolution, or at least from what we can tell, that was the idea. But then mm-hmm. that got derailed. So then mm-hmm. it had to change to Alexander getting the title. Alexander gets the title kind of out of the blue, and then something happens to Alexander, so Alexander has to get rid of the title. And now Ricky has the title, and part of it is because of the booking of it, the Ray Road kind of gets overshadowed because of Terry Funk. The Alex Daniels match gets overshadowed because not many people were there because a lot of people had left because a lot of people were there to see the other trainees. And then he loses it to Ethan Page, and now Ethan Page has it, and... With one match, I think he's kind of brought the title back to where it needs to be because he did it in pretty much what many people call an indie dream match between him and Candice. So I think that him getting the title back, even having the title back, I think is going to kind of give it that little extra push. And I think what him and Donst are going to do on Friday is take that title and catapult it back to where it needs to be because I think they're kind of back on track now of Donst is back. Ethan Page has that attitude that he needs to have. To, basically, when Ethan Page is in the zone like he is right now, he's going to get whatever he's doing over. And if what he's doing is the is the absolute championship, he's going to get that over. I mean, I, I agree with you to, to an extent. I mean, it, it should be part... Because, yeah, like uh, I said, you, you can't blame AW for the booking of some of it, but... It really, well, it was beyond control. It's not just the booking. It, it's just, like, put, it's like, like, it's not just booking the title. It's about making sure the title is the most important thing on the show. And, like, you know, like, pushing right, the match. Hold on, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak up now. Wait too long. So, because you, you two just keep going back and forth. Yeah, I know. But, well, okay, can I say one more thing? Go so, ahead. Okay. 
So you have Hell on Earth happen. You have Ricochet Page and Ethan Page for the title. It was the last match on the show. It was an awesome match. You have Ethan Page win the title. It, it was a it was a great story, great match. The Don's come out and cut his promo. It builds to this coming weekend's event. And the next day, AIW doesn't mention it once on social media. All they're talking about is Bunkhouse Buck and uh, Colonel Parkle debuting, and they're talking about the cancellary spot, the one spot in the match. If I'm a promoter, I would be promoting the shit out of that title match, out of the, the title itself. It, it feels like the title is an afterthought. I mean, for, for weeks, all they've been doing is talking about Bunkhouse Bunk debuting, and, you know, that's cool and all, you know, it's cool for the old-school fans, but, like, the title match hasn't even been officially, it wasn't officially announced to the public up until a few days ago. I mean, if any other promotion had that that big of a, a m- moment, Ethan Page winning the title, that should have been a big moment that shouldn't have promoted the hell out of afterwards, but they didn't for, like, weeks, you know, and, and their reason, uh, Chandler told me that they didn't want to spoiler, spoiler the, uh, of the results for fans who wait to buy the DVDs, and I think that excuse is flat out bullshit. I mean, wait, 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 wait. shut up, shut up now. You're a stupid fucking IWC fan that always pissed me off, and I will sit there and school you on some logic and not being a stupid fucking fan. First off, I agree with the whole thing because they have a hardcore internet following. There's people that follow them that aren't around, so they don't want spoilers. They don't want that thrown in their face. This isn't a national company that we you can catch an iPay-per-view from, and then they can throw stuff out immediately after it happens. And second thing, let's go Let's go back to the title not being the, the main event, and that, fa- that thing just of fans annoys me. Because there is one event in my mind that is one of the greatest pay-per-views in WWE history. You're talking a, a fantastic crowd, a fantastic card, and the main event of the the evening was the Intercontinental title match. SummerSlam 92, the, the WWF Championship match, Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior, was the third to the last match. Third! Do you, do you bitch about that? Does that really irk you? No, because when things are main event, they're main event for certain reasons, for certain drawing power. Yes, the, the title should be at the top, but sometimes there are things in companies, in booking, that that is more than that. It's more than just the title. It's about something that is that main event quality. So it has to be put at that spot as the main event. No, I, I agree with that point, but... In my in my defense, I I'm not saying the title match between Alex Daniels Alex Daniel and uh, Page should have been the main event just because it was a title match. I felt like it had the better story and better backing to it. You know, I mean the the ten man tag. I, I mean yeah, it had some build to it, but I I felt like not as much or as not as not much emotion behind it as Paige and uh, Josh's match. I mean, again, that was that was one of Josh's last matches, period. And this is, that was a big moment for Ricky, winning the absolute title after all these years. I mean, and if that would have closed out the show, I think that would have been, you know, just, that would have been all the better moment for, for the match and for the show. But you also got to figure, too, pacing and how how we as fans react at the end of very good matches how would we have taken going from the the tag match and how, especially how that the, the craziness how they had that end to the the title match 
I would think that what's only bad happened at Hell on Earth six when they had the the eight man brawl where there's blood everywhere and then there were no chairs out. Everybody was kind of like, "What the hell just happened?" And then they had ACH versus AR Fox, and yeah, not that it wasn't a great match, but it kind of fell flat because everybody was kind of worn out. I get, I see where you're going with it. I think that in most cases, the world championship match should be the main event, but there obviously are exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, there are. I just personally don't think Absolution was one of them. Not I, in think this case. I think that this Absolution was because of the amount of talent and who was in. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like they just brought in TV talent to bring in TV talent. They brought in TV talent that made sense. And they didn't just bring in the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks were indie darlings. They brought in the Young Bucks because they used Josh Prohibition as like, look, I'm the godfather of indie wrestling. I have friends in low places, I think was exactly what he said, or friends in high places, or whatever he said. And the Young Bucks are here because I asked them to be here. And it gave Josh Prohibition even that kind of like loftiness that I don't think he gets enough respect for being in independent wrestling. Because he was one of the first independent wrestlers to make a name for himself. And I think that, I think everybody in that match was in that match for a reason. And it's easily, like I said earlier, one of the greatest combinations of talent in that moment. I don't think we've ever seen in, with the exception of a WWE Survivor Series team where it's CM Punk, the Hardy Boys, and DX. Like, the exception to something like that on the really, really grand scale, I don't think we've ever seen two teams that were created the way they were created with the power that they had, especially in that moment in time where you have Ray Rose on TV with the new TV deal. DJ Z and Ethan Carter III are two of the top heels on their program. Matt Cross on Lucha Underground is easily one of the biggest stars in Lucha Underground, and he is one of their champions. And then you have Samoa Joe, who was already a big name in and of itself when two weeks before he got it, before the show, he shows up on WWE programming for the first time ever. And then on the other side, you have the Young Bucks, who they drew the largest crowd at Our Lady Mount Carmel, and they draw huge crowds anywhere they go. And now, even more so, because they have um, they have TV, they have ROH. You have somebody like Josh Prohibition, who's respected anywhere he goes, in any locker room, if you walk in, and you mention Josh Prohibition's name, nobody will say anything bad about him. They'll only have great things to say about him. You have Johnny Gargano, who the fact that he's not signed yet is ridiculous. And the fact that he's been everywhere and he's done everything he can possibly do. And he is the same type of they those four right there alone all have the same respect throughout all of wrestling. And then you have somebody like Alex Daniels, who's um, who's on his way up. And they're giving him that lofty place to see what he can do. I think that when you have those 10 people together, that trumps the main event. Well, that that becomes the main event. But one thing I'll throw out to you, too. We, we talked about when Ricky versus Josh started. That started, uh, was that Make Him Say Ah? Uh? Or was that, what show was that where Donce gave up the title? Uh, February, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, February, February, February wasn't make them say on, but that's where, that's where they started that build. The dudes on TV build, the 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 beginning of it, that was like what technically like Turner's, because yeah. right? it kind of yeah, it kind of yeah. it started off with EC3 versus the one that he couldn't show up for because of because of because he, he had he was still in the sling. Uh, was it yeah, was that versus was, was it 
Was that versus Josh? No, no, not, not that one where Bradley came out. Who, uh, where Cross came in? I think it was, it was versus, uh, Josh. Yeah, EC3, it, it, EC3 it, it, versus it, it, Josh. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny, okay. Uh, no, I can't remember, it's one of the two. But that, like, that was where it all started. And they've built on it since then, adding to both teams and whatnot. So, just cause you've had something build since almost a year, since, since Hell on Earth, that has more build to it, and you add the star power, that's why it's gonna be main event. And that's an issue. You, you're, okay. you're gonna, AIW throws out some of the stuff, the people, the things, like, like, you talk about Terry Funk, you talk about Buckhouse Buck, because that gets attention. And then it's more or less, hey, while yeah. you're here, you have people yeah. like, 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 uh, Ethan Page, that's our new champion. Or you have, whatever. I just don't think, I just don't think it should really be that way. I think, I mean, I, the, the, are you think are you thinking as a fan or are you thinking as a business? I mean, I think there's room for both. I mean, I mean, why not like promote both just as equally yeah, as important? They, you they, know, they book. I mean, that's that's you have to remember, and they've said it. They book for themselves because they're fans. They're booking for themselves as fans. But they so they, if they think something's a good idea, it's going to be a good idea for the fans. And I don't think that they've they've never really made a choice that any of us have ever rolled our eyes at. Like, oh my god, this how are they doing? Except for you, Juicy. But you no, have I, no. I, hold on, I admit I rolled my eyes originally at Buff, but we he showed us he still has stuff. So I I went back on that one. I was like, all right, all right, I get it. That was good. Touche. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just saying that you look at the standard promotion in, in the wrestling today. I mean, and I feel like most yeah, of them would. AIW has a niche crowd, and it's the way it is, just how they roll. And mm-hmm. people like it because they do something different. That's why you can look at other indies and see what other indies do, and that's fine. But AIW does what they do the way they do it because nobody else is going to do it. And that's why people like AIW. But it's it's always bringing in about bringing in I, new fans. That's why they promote some of the stuff that they do more. You're going to promote Terry Funk, hoping that somebody who in Cleveland area who likes Terry Funk kind of like turns their head and goes, "What? Oh, this is kind of cool." And then they they stay and become fans. It happens in wrestling all the time. Is it a constant every month at every place? And what? No, but it's it's going to help somehow. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's going to help in the long term, though. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, you have Scott Hall fans show up to AIW next month, and you know, and sure they're saying around the show, and you know, they're they're saying, hey, that was a cool show. But are they going to come back the next month or two when Scott Hall isn't there? It, I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. I I can't possibly. I depends. can't really see that. Happen. Sometimes it makes fans want to travel. Fans who aren't necessarily in the area who go, you know what? I'm going to show up to this because so-and-so's there now. And then they come back. There's, There are two fans that I've seen show up at multiple shows. I know they're big fans of uh, Cole Cabana. That's the first show i ever seen them at, at uh, the Wrestling Road Diaries 2 taping, that gauntlet, whatever number that was. And I've seen them again at another show, and actually seen them at Comic-Con uh, when I met CM Punk. And, like, we kind of got because like, I recognize them, and I talk to them about AIW and whatnot. And the, uh, occasionally, they see somebody, and they on the card, and they show up. I want to say they might have been an absolution. I don't know who was on the card that they really like, but sometimes that causes people to... Just because, I mean, you have people who are going to come who are, are, are normal, people who are going to become the normal fans, but you're also going to have ones that are going to try to make time for AIW. 
This topic has gone on long enough, and I'm going to go with my MVP, my top pick for 2015, and I'm, I want you both to sit down because I'm going to say Tim fucking Donst. Yeah, he is. Tell him. To go, for, to go from what he went through to coming back and everything, I'll, I'll, I'll give him my my best of the year nod for that. Hard to argue. Yeah. Man, His, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it's 60-plus degrees in the middle of December in Cleveland. Cleveland Browns won a football game. Justin Summers just picked Tim Donst as his uh his his MVP of the year in AIW. It's warmer in Cleveland than it is in Las Vegas, guys. I think hell froze over. <laughs> Within this year, actually no, one was at the end of last year. But I'll count it in this because it happened since the last time we did this. I have buried the hatchet with both Crimson and Tim Donst. I don't know which one was more surprised. Actually, no, can't say which one was more surprised. Donst was surprised. Uh. Mercer Crimson didn't remember blocking me on Twitter, but he remembered calling. He remembered calling me Fat Shredder. That was true, and I've been All wanting. Right. Him, I would want him to show back up. All right, let's get into the, the the final picks because this is already a long show. About three hours. Wife's yelling at me, guys. Let's let's make this happen. All right, as I repull back up the 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 card because we got so derailed it wasn't even funny but hopefully people like it all right let's get into some of these other matches and pick really quick winners let's go with the fatal four tag team match black and wild versus nation of intoxication versus beaver boys versus dudes on tv uh this is interesting i want to go i want to go with beaver boys i mean i mean i think any of these guys can win this is gonna be I think it's gonna be a great match. I love the dudes on TV too. I like Beaver Boys on this one. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with dudes on TV. I'm Dog and uh, Shima. I'm going Nation of Intoxication because I like getting drunk. <laughs> like you are now. The tag team match that we almost talked about, we kind of talked about, Bunkhouse Buck and Jock Sampson with Colonel Robert Parker versus Dick Justice and Marion Fontaine. Uh, I have to go. How about you, Pat? I'll uh, I'll go Fontaine and uh, Justice here. I'll go with Dick Dick Mustache. The intense title six-way scramble. This is going to be a great match. Gregory Iron versus Jerry versus Davey Vega versus Cloudy versus Rex Brody versus Pat, what's his name? (laughs) Uh, That Japanese dude. Shinya Ishidi. Ashida. Shinya Ashida. We'll call him Shinya Ashida. Yeah, um, if I try to pronounce it, I'm going to sound more like Regal pronouncing something. For the intense title, I mean, Davey Vega, he's still still working on it. Jerry's in the mix. A lot of people are thinking Jerry's going to come away with it, but I'm going to go with Gregory Iron to retain. Anybody? Um, I'm going to go with Greg Retains, but let's talk about how surprising it is Cloudy's alive. He's alive, everybody. Yep. He, Can we talk? Uh, kind of, when, uh, well, first off, I'm going to go with Jerry. He's kind of one of those guys. But, yeah, no, actually, at the last show, when uh, Cloudy, uh, he just, I, I don't know why, he, he, he came up to me in the quarter talking, like, mid-entrance. It was me and you and, talking. Uh, oh, oh, it wasn't me and you? Okay. Yeah, we were yeah, no, I, talking. Right. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Laporta, Alberti, uh, tomato, tomato. I don't know. What are you two? And I, I, and I said to Cloudy, or I, I said to him, hey, you're alive. And he's just like, yeah, I'm alive. And just walked right back to the ring. I, I, I'm more surprised that Rex Brody is still alive after that match at No Sleep to Brooklyn. 
Oh, maybe, maybe he has nine likes like Beta. Who knows? I, I, I will say this, because I know one one of you at least is a nerd about it. I'm going to be wearing my Darth Vader shirt when I go see Star Wars. I'm going to see Star Wars at midnight on Thursday. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to see it till Saturday. I'm You can go ahead. I don't care. I'm not a Star Wars nerd. I'm not a Star Wars, I'm not a Star Wars nerd. Eddie Kingston is, though, believe it or not. Who is? Eddie Kingston. Stuff he's yeah. into is just like you real like he's into something like really like I know he's into some anime. I'm not an anime like, person, I think so. It was a segue, Justin yeah. Summers is what that was. Oh, that was. I think it was a segue. Because yeah. uh, oh, speaking of Eddie Kingston, what about your pick for Eddie Kingston with the Duke versus Josh Prohibition in a three stages of hell match? Well, the thing is, he was going to he was he was going to segue into that, but I still had something else I wanted to say. So technically, I can go to any other fucking match because oh, this is my fucking show. You two fucking twats forget that shit, don't you? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes, all the time. I can hang up the call and just finish up the show myself. Those things can happen. Yep. But maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to go to that match either because I was actually going to say. First off, I don't really give a fuck about Star Wars. Spoil it for me if you want. I'll more go into I care about next week with the Doctor Who Christmas special. But let's go with Lewis Linden versus Amazing Red. And I'm going to go Lewis Linden. Yep. Linden, uh, Linden's got this. Linden as well probably will end up being match of the night. Could be. Totally agree. We won't pick – or sh- should we pick Team Johnny and Team Candace with – I mean, granted, we, we threw out our picks, but – Technically, you're, we're picking by whoever the captain is. Yeah, I'm. I'll go Team Candace. I was going to go Team Candace too. I'll go Team Johnny then. Perfectly fine. Okay. The AIW Tag Team Title Match to Infinity and Beyond versus Hot Sauce Entertainment. I think we're going to see a Hot Sauce Entertainment new tag team champions. Yep, that's going to happen. That was one of my predictions. Tyson Diggs with the title. So you are clinging on to, to that pick. Yes. I'm going to agree with you guys on this one. Most entertaining tag team champions of all time. I hope they come out like they did at Absolution with those like uh, confetti poppers. Those are those are so awesome. Um, next we'll go Ethan Carter the Third versus Chucky e. T. That's a tough. One. I, I want to say I want to say Chucky e. T. I like Chucky e. T. I like Chucky e. T in this match. I like Easy Three, but I like Chucky e. T in this match. And and speaking of EC3, and speaking of spoilers, spoilers only tell you half the story. The real journey is told in the way there. Real quote by Ethan Carter III. So I'm going to go Chuck Taylor still. I think Chuck keeps the streak alive, and he loses to Ethan Carter III, and Ethan Carter III wins. So I don't know if you know this or not, but Chuck Taylor's on quite the losing streak right now. What's his losing streak? He's, I think he's over 50 matches straight that he's lost. He just tweeted about it the other day. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm going to agree with you, Dustin. I think that losing streak is going to continue. Uh, EC3 for the win. Can't kill the streak. Uh... Don't forget that match is for the 24-7 championship. <laughs> you heard it here first, Cart, so that you change. And now we will get into the three stages of hell. Eddie Kingston with the Duke versus Josh Prohibition. Uh, I'm going to go Josh. I'm going to go Josh, too. He does it for the kids. Mm, I'll go with Kingston. And let's go with the absolute title match. Final match of the card. The, our main event of the evening, I think. Ethan Carter. Not Ethan Carter. What the fuck? Ethan Page. The other Ethan. Yeah. Versus Tim fucking Donst. <sighs> I'll let you guys go first on this. 
Uh, I don't see Ego losing the title anytime soon, so all the Ego for me. Yeah, you can't kill the momentum of Ethan Page having the title right now. Ethan Page has to keep it to get it back to that main event spot. I want to be different. And since I don't, I don't keep track of picks, like as in we don't like tabulate them and see who got the most right and wrong, I'll be different and I will pick Tim fucking Dons to end 2015 the AIW Absolute Champion, which technically, didn't he? He, he did start the year as champion, right? He did, yep. Technically, yeah. He will start the year and end the year as champion. And that's, that's all the, uh, all the matches for the I hate the title of this <laughs> this show. Keep the change, you filthy yeah. animal. Yeah, I love that title. It's it's I don't like it because it's long. And then I'm I'm happy we got away from that original flyer because that original flyer was god awful. It's so well, good. It is, but I guess that's the point of it. It I don't know. It the, it was the Photoshop for Dante's face. Eddie Kingston and Ethan Page look fine, but the Photoshop for Don's just looks so, so uncomfortable. Good. So good. But before we go, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Do you have any final words or plugs? I'll start with Dustin because he definitely has less. Uh, way less. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at RevTintin. Uh, add me on Snapchat, at RevTintin. Or RevTintin. Uh, see pictures of my dog, see me retweet a bunch of stuff, get some musings here and there of some funny things I have to say. I don't know, got some things in the works, thinking about maybe starting to do a couple little things here and there. Maybe you'll see that stuff pop up on my on my Twitter. We'll see what happens. I got, I got a lot of ideas coming up next year. We'll see if any of them come to fruition. Pat? Surprisingly, I have really, like, nothing to plug. <laughs> I mean, I... I do, but, you know, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you know of the juicy details. Uh, I might, uh, I'm in the early stages, might do uh end of the year, New Year special, bring back a couple past guests, talk about their 2015, talk about the 2016, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, just thanks for listening to this podcast, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I, I pity the, the fool who listened to this for three hours, but I also, I'm sure we all three, we appreciate anyone listening to what we, we had to say about at AIW and uh, this weekend's event. So thanks for listening. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, buy my stuff this weekend. Yeah, DVDs, guide all merchandise. I also got socks for sale. I'll just see what I mean later. So, yeah, uh, thank you. Are you selling signed sockos? If I, if I had signed sockos, I would be keeping those bad boys. Come on. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, that'll do it for us, and uh, we'll be back right after this. Dick Justice, Marion Fontaine, you want to come in and be a little bitch? You want to be a little sneaky little fucking bitch? You want to come in from behind? I was just choking him out. I was doing the wrestling business a favor. So let me do you a favor. How about this? As soon as I left, I made a phone call to Bucks North, Tennessee. And I called my good friends in the stud stable. I called the good colonel. And I called Bunkhouse Buck. And we want a tag team match. Colonel in our corner versus you two. Dick Justice, Marion Fontaine, I want your ass. Because you ain't going to be able to rely on your buddy when I got the baddest stud stable in the world. I'll see you guys 12-18. 
Are you still listening to the show? It's been two hours and 14 minutes. Are you seriously still listening to this show? Well, I thank you very, very much for partaking in this very long episode of the Ohio Indie Report as we return. I hate having to return after, quote, return after not even that long, but... I have to do one more show for the end of the year, and then we will kick off 2016 bigger and better than ever. I'm, like I said, I'm trying not to miss any shows, especially with my new job. Things could possibly happen, but shows will get done, and we will get on this within the new year. I'm hoping a lot of great stuff to come. There's two names in AIW that I'm, I'd really like to get on this podcast, but it's just it's just time. Time has been a, a, a been restrained. A little bit, so we will go over this card one more time. We have if Ethan Carter the third versus Chuck Taylor, Lewis Linden versus Amazing Red, Bunkhouse Buck, and Jock Sampson versus Dick Justice and Marion Fontaine. A six-way scramble for the AIW Intense Title: Gregory Iron versus Jerry versus Davey Vega versus Cloudy versus Rex Brody versus. Shinya Ishida. Shinya Ishida, I think. I, I can't. I'm terrible at Japanese names. My bad. Apologies. Oh, absolute apologies. Black and Wild versus Nation of Intoxication versus Beaver Boys versus Dudes on TV. Eddie Kingston versus Josh Prohibition in the three stages of Hell Match. The first stage is a regular fall. The second stage is a street fight, and the third stage is a last man standing. We have Team Johnny versus Team Candice, which is Johnny and Candice being captains with four mystery uh, partners to be announced this week by AIW in a draft. The AIW Tag Team titles, the exclusive for at least right now, the AIW Tag Team title match, to Infinity and Beyond, your tag team champions versus Hot Sauce Entertainment and for the AIW Absolute Title. All Ego Ethan Page, your champion versus Tim fucking Donst. And also appearing at the show is none other than the bad guy, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. It's all this Friday, December 18th at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, 1355 West 70th Street, Cleveland, Ohio. And you can keep the change, you filthy animal. If you can't make it to the show, you can find all the tweets and all the results brought to you by myself at the Ohio Report. You can even like us on Facebook. I don't know how well it gets to your feed, but we are www.facebook.com slash Ohio Indie Report. And if you want them to show up on your feed, make sure you hit the like button and make sure we always show up on your feed, especially, especially for these shows. So you get everything delivered right to your Facebook timeline, like I said, if you can't make this show. This show has already been going on long enough, and I apologize, but thank you for listening to the Ohio Indie Report right here on the Trending Topics Network and the Ohio Wrestling Network, and you have been listening to the Ohio Indie Report. This is Tim Dons, and you are having the privilege of listening to the Ohio Indie Report.